Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> a couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey, everybody. All right, so you gave me Die Hard. Oh, wait, 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 we didn't even say who we are. We're just, saying, we're just saying stuff, stuff and things. Good morning. And uh, this is episode, I almost said 77 for some reason. I'm, just, I'm skipping 20 numbers. I think this is 58. In a few hours from now. If this, be, <laughs> yeah, this is episode 58 of 58. You Watch, I Listen. You Watch. I'm Dan. I'm Taylor. And Josh is here. Josh and is here. Josh is here. Uh, we got an exciting day lined up in general. We're doing a, a studio remodeling. We're yeah, going to a concert. Wait, We're getting Paul's Place. Yeah. yeah got, that's the best part. Yeah, I need Paul's some place. chili I'm cheeseburgers, in, some fucking... French fries. French fries and applesauce. So why don't we just get these plugs out of the way, and then we'll start doing stuff. Um, hey, guys, do you like talking about sex? Every once in a while. I like having sex, personally. Specifically, yeah, I like having good sex. And most people, you know, being 30, they remember back when they were 18, and just a boner every two seconds. <laughs> but it gets harder when you get older. Not, not for everyone, not for me. You wake up with a kickstand? Exactly. Yeah, you wake up and you're levitating. Um, but specifically, as you get older, it is harder, especially for that second round. But now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready, ready whenever an opportunity arises. I literally tried Blue Chew a couple weeks ago, I told yeah, you. Yeah. Wonderful. Everyone was happy except my significant other. Right. Uh, but it worked 
specifically within minutes, cool. and it gave me something extra that I have not had in my life. Um, now this is now now this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who oh wants that God. extra function to enhance the performance in the bedroom. Most guys talk a good game, but when it comes up to it, they're batting 120 at the plate. They're like Juan Lagares. Uh, Blue Chew can help you function, yeah, not, not just not just in the first at-bat, but in your second at-bat. And if you want to have a third at-bat, you don't want that golden sombrero where no. you strike out four times. You want to go four times. Yeah, dude. Four Blue times. Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in discreet packaging. So there's no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships directly, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special discount for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code YWIL. All you have to pay is $5 shipping. Again, that's promo code YWIL, as in you watch, I listen. Again, go to BlueChew.com. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com and use promo code YWIL to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we got to thank them again for sponsoring You Watch, I Listen. Um, the cool thing with Blue Chew, so they get, they sent me some samples, and then I actually signed up for another free one. Okay. Um, so you go through the whole thing, you answer some questions about heart health and things like that, and then what actually happens is you FaceTime with a, um, a nurse mm. who just asks you some basic questions. I didn't know that. They send it to a doctor, and they approve your prescription based on the stuff you send. I didn't so know, it's I didn't not know like that. it's just like those random pop-ups. Yeah, right. Um, increase muscle mass. Sign up for these, and all it is is like a placebo where people yeah, right. think it works. Blue Chew is fucking awesome. Great customer service as well. Awesome. Sick. Now, let me let me ask you something, Dan. Was sure. was there any point in time this week you felt like, you know, putting some money on your favorite team or just putting money on like Yes, anything? I'm glad I didn't because it would have <laughs> been a problem. <laughs> yeah, same here. I was trying to get the Mets and the Cubs. I'm glad I didn't do that. Yeah. So, but you do you know what website I use, Dan? Can I take a guess? Yes, you can. Do you use Bet DSI? I absolutely do, but why do I choose Bet DSI? I'm going to guess because they have a very mobile-friendly user interface. It's, it's, it's pronounced mobile. It's not a, a like a thing, like the thing you give little kids <laughs> that have fucked up faces and one extra chromosome. So why do so why do I choose BetDSI? Tell you me. ask that is a great question. BetDSI has been paying winners for over twenty years, and they are the t- one of the top rated websites on all betting reviews. Um, you got to use your sports knowledge and get make a little extra cash this week. BetDSI uses it has a very user friendly interface and mobile site. So yes, you are absolutely right. Um, BetDSI offers options on everything. Bet on MLB. NBA, NFL, NHL, UFC, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. It's simple. You play, you win, and you get paid. Get paid. Now try live betting at BetDSI. That's happened to me. I bet the Golden State Warriors at one point when yeah. in the fourth quarter. They were down by 10. What'd they do? They came back and won me some fucking money. So you try live betting at BetDSI where you can bet on games from start to finish. Every play, every minute, until the very end. New members get a 100% bonus match when you use promo code YW UIL stands for You Watch, I Listen. That's more than double your money to start winning today. I play there myself. I've said it a thousand times. Dan said it and a thousand times. And he's lost at least $1,000. <laughs> more than that in my betting <laughs> career. Um, but I, like I said, and I add a little extra excitement to the sports you love and what I love and any other sports you may be watching. You may be in the tennis for all the fuck I know. Yeah, you may just want to bet on something. Golf is on. Oh, I'm going to bet on Phil Mickelson. I bet on Roy McIlroy. I'm going to bet on Jack Nicholas. <laughs> right, dead. He's uh, not one, dead. Oh, I thought he was. No. Okay. <laughs> 
Once again, go to BetDSI.com and use promo code YWIL and get this limited time 100% offer plus a $25 free, $25 free wager to go out and test the waters. Yeah. Don't if you're not one of those people that jumps in the water first, you got to put your toe in. Free you 25 bucks. What do you have to lose? There's nothing like that. It's great. Don't miss out and go make some extra cash this betting season, especially now that we're getting towards the baseball, uh, the, uh, midway through the baseball season. NFL season's coming. NFL's going to be at the end of the summer. In Hockey starts months. up again in two weeks because it ends and then it starts again. So it's going to be great. We got a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff coming. Coming up, and again, it's only a game until you bet at Bet DSI. Yeah, this, this ain't a game. This ain't a game. Um, so how was your week, Taylor? Busy, quite eventful. Again, half the stuff I just don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't like think I you covered, can. Got covered in gasoline. Got covered in gasoline. I mean, you usually smell like it a little anyway. Like yeah. you just have an odor of gasoline and duty. And I mean, if the gasoline overpowers the duty, it's a win for you. <laughs> Wouldn't sure. you agree? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, Josh, how was your week? Uh, another solid week. Pretty busy, uh, but the uh, the tax man fucked you. Yeah, the tax man did fuck me. <laughs> tax man. I just realized we're all gimmicked tax up with the sunglasses man. on right now. Yeah, I didn't have mine on before, and then I realized you two were wearing them, so I figured might as well. Yeah, uh, my week was all right. Uh, I saw two movies this week. I went and saw um, yeah, that that zo- I saw that zombie flick, uh, The Dead Don't Die, with Bill Murray. How, how, how funny was Adam Driver? Serious. Okay. It was a funny movie, but it's very hipster. It's a big-time oh, really? hipster movie. I knew that going in because of the director, but it's like awkward comedy. Okay, so like, like very deadpan, dry, but there were some parts that made... like it, The cast was great. Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, Tom Waits, uh, Iggy Pop, so, okay, Rosie so, Perez. Her name in it is uh, Posey Juarez. Okay, so <laughs> on a scale of fucking... Um, <laughs> on a scale of you live in Greenwich Village to you wear Birkenstocks all the time, how hipster is it? The former. <laughs> I don't really know how to define that scale, but it was hipster. Um, Super hipster. Like the dialogue, but it was funny. It was kind of self-aware. It took... Oh, Tilda Swinton was fucking awesome in it. She was probably the best cast member, but Adam Driver was very funny. Nice little, like, Star Wars Easter egg in there with him, which okay. is pretty cool. He drives, like, one of those tiny, smart cars that only fits Super, two people. Super tiny yeah, one. that looks like yeah. a Matchbox car. That looks like um, I can't fit in So it, it was alright. I wouldn't say I loved it. It was like a two and a half out of five, and then I saw John Wick 3, which was, you know, it's a five out of five. It's I fucking John Wick. Expect nothing less. Um, do you know who we had a better week then? I have two people. Do um, you? The first one is a guy that actually fought in UFC 1 and UFC 2. He fought Butterbean in uh, Pride, I think it was. Okay. He fought in K1. His name was Patrick Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's dead. Uh, <laughs> um, he died this week, um, which I have no real sympathy. Uh, Josh, if you go really quick on YouTube, I want to pull up this knockout. Um, he has one of the most brutal knockouts in UFC history. Just type in Patrick Smith UFC knockout. Um, it, this was at UFC 2. This is one of the most brutal knockouts of all time. And... Um, let me see if it's only like a 20 second clip. Uh, scroll down a little. Uh, do you know who it's against? Just type in Pat Smith. Uh, just type in Pat Smith knockout instead, not UFC knockout. If you guys haven't seen this, I got to tell you the video. I just watched it the other day, so I know I saw it. Um, it's the same. Let's see. Go down a little. What's the keyword? Like you. Oh, there it is. Scott Morris versus Scott Morris UFC two. Uh, third one down from the top, Josh. Twenty set, yeah, that was yeah. So this was UFC two. He lost to Ken Shamrock in UFC one, um, but he was he did fight K one. That is a strong, strong man. Okay, so this is like when the UFC was like yeah, we're ready. Fighting. Yeah. Oh, I see. They actually put less rules in UFC two. Yeah. He's elbowing the top. Well, just ready. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. 
UFC he's just dropping elbows on his bare forehead. Um, yeah, so he's dead, and I don't really care because he got arrested like in 2006 for sexually assaulting a 14-year-old. Mm. So he's in a good place. Um, but yeah, better week than him. Do you know who else we had a better week then? And we didn't know this until today. Yeah. Um, this is an update. Um, a former guest and friend of the show, uh, Richie. The last update I gave you guys about Richie is that he moved into a very racist, anti-white neighborhood when he moved to North- South Carolina. And then they moved him. And he texted me this morning like 6.30. And I look at it, and it's only a picture of a tree that fell straight through his house. This isn't like a branch. It was a fucking tree. Like, <laughs> Daniel Boone chopped it down and shit. Like, it was a big fucking tree straight through his house. It wasn't like a GW and, cherry tree? Dude, like... Did, did, no, Richie, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd be dead. I don't want to say he'd have no luck at all. He'd be dead. Because yeah. um, honestly, being dead is better luck than Richie's had in the past year and a half, two years. Uh, yeah. Actually, no. In the entire time before I moved in, when he got dumped, um, oh, and so literally, in the, all the time he went to rehab. I'm saying it anyway. He got f five into rehab and speared. Um, Dude, and then, wait, hold on. So when he when he came back from the place, right? Just ev- say it. Rehab. Everyone, dude. Everyone left. Like ears. Uh, Greg, everyone Landlord, left. Yeah, and that's oh, what none I was of us at Greg's. Everyone leaves. Not five minutes later, we haven't seen Richie in months. He just opens the door, flies up the stairs at the top, and just like like he's in the circus. I'm back. Yeah. Right? And I and he, no one's there except for me, and I'm watching TV. I go, oh, what's up, dude? Yeah. Like so. <laughs> like I was so not dude, excited. The to pictures, see him. the pictures terrible. of the tree through his house are dramatic. It's not like it just got grazed. He's like he said. No. I was like I was laying in bed, and then I hear it, and then I feel it, and I just picture him sitting there, like not even flinching. Yep. This is my life. <laughs> so we definitely had a better week than Richie. So now he's got to find another place to live. Usually people who leave, usually people who leave Jersey so are better it's, off. It's great. Like, and all the time that, uh, you know, before I moved in and pretty much since you've known Richie, he was dating someone. He got dumped. She dumped him for his friend. They got engaged. Okay. Moves out. Family stuff happens. It sucks. Decides yeah. he's moving. Uh, he dated another girl who accused him of being a stalker and tried getting a restraining order on him in that time. Moves, moves into a racist neighborhood. Oh, that's new. I didn't know. Anyone's that. got a better life than Richie right now. I didn't know that second part. Jeez. Oh yeah, yeah. He told me that story. Like he went to like it went to Thatcher's after him and this girl broke up, and she knew all the bartenders and like told them that she was that he was stalking her and that he had to leave. Richie couldn't stalk anyone. No. Like everyone could pick up his creepy scent from a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> I might know who the girl is. She knows all the bartenders. It might be. Yeah, you may know her. Um, all right, let's do this. Um, I think I should go first. Yeah, I went um, first just the last because I, as I said, I definitely have listened to this album before, and it's a band I, I uh, a band I, a band I love. So it's not like I needed. Um, too much into it, so you give too me base uh, Bayside Killing Time. Yeah. Um, this album's a five out of five. Dude, it's, it's fucking, it's fucking awesome. Bayside. It's like awesome. Musically, they are so upbeat, and the tempos change from song to song. And even the ones that are slower yeah. have that kind of like where you Dude, always are bopping your head. Yo, that song, Mona Lisa. Oh, it's great! It's an amazing it's, song. It's, it's great. The first, the thing is, like, and when an album you know it's going to be great when the first minimum three songs are all yeah, really I mean, good or listenable because they could grow on you. But this album, it just picks up oh, and then it just doesn't stop. No, it doesn't man. stop. So I mean, good. no song got less than a four, so that's why it averages out to a five because there's there's only three fours on here. The so, first song, which I love already gone, it's a four. Yeah, it's good. And I gave uh, One one Love, or On lo- Love, On Life a four. Yeah, it's a good song. And no, it's only two songs got fours. Everything else was fives. Dude, like real talk? Like, six, six, six is fucking awesome. What's, what's, 
Favorite song on the album right now, if you could, if you had to pick one. What's your favorite song on the album? Um, I liked uh, Sinking and Swimming on Long Island. Sinking is, is such a great it's, song. It's a great song. Dude, for me, I don't know what it is, but I love that opening guitar riff. Of, Dude, uh, it's it, great. It, it's, it, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad little war. Yeah. That boom, 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 well, boom. I don't the, know why. The it's thing so is, nice. L- lyrically, there's no, it. like, in this genre that they fall into, which you could call them an emo band, right? I mean, that's... They're like I I would say pop punk emo no, yeah pop pop punk and just punk rock I mean That's in the I big umbrella they're under emo yeah in the 100%. big umbrella because yeah, right. pop punk is under emo in the big umbrella There's so many sh- so um, genres will be of course all day. Yeah. so I would say lyrically they're as deep as anyone like next to Amazing. Alkaline Trio Thrice and people like that and it's not like they it's so obvious with what they write it's like they write in riddles which is what I like a lot of the time besides like their first album which was their most immature and it's a great album um the one that had Tortures of the Damned but this one they get more and more complex with their lyrics their song structures musically they're incredibly underrated because they don't show off they have like random guitar solos in like one or two songs on every album but they don't need to do anything complicated to show how musically complex they can be on top of how lyrically complex they can be um so without spending too much time on it bayside killing time fantastic album five out of five a very easy listen which is one of the best compliments you can give anything absolutely i mean and like Fucking love that record. I'm gonna it's great. To it's it fantastic. All, all right, so you gave me Die Hard. It came out in 1988. Yeah, and it's still crazy to me that you went this far in life without having seen it. And I think you just built up a point in your life where you're like, no, fuck it. Everyone has. And that's pretty much what you did. I'm not quaz. No, no you definitely did that because no. you just say it's overrated. I never saw it though. And no, listen. No, here's the truth. Honestly, with movie, like, it's not like I deliberately don't want to see it. It's just I just like some. I just don't care until it's forced. I'm forced upon. Yeah, me. you know what I mean. Like I rape. <laughs> no one cares until it's forced upon them. Okay. Wait. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Um, Get a blue chew. <laughs> so I, I wrote this in the beginning of the movie because it was so 80s. It wanted to make, it, like, I wanted to fucking throw up. So I wrote this. this 80s start. action was the best, though. It go, really was. I go, this movie is so 80s that it becomes a comedy that it's hard to be taken seriously. It is a comedy, though. It's half a comedy. 100% is. So I just want to read what I wrote because sure, I'm so proud sure. of it. So I said, uh, before Harry Stamper was a national hero and was the balls of the wall, no nonsense kind of cop in NYC. He's in the city of angels trying to win back the lady, uh, his lady love, but doesn't stink, but doesn't stick the landing. He then proceeds to insult everyone seamlessly. <laughs> yeah, he really does. <laughs> his limo driver. <laughs> Hitler's great-great-grandson is looking for Harry in the, in the fence, but uh, to no avail. <laughs> Severus Snape uh, heads a band of Aryan brothers to steal $640 million from th- from some dude's fault. Naturally, okay. Snape, naturally, Snape overreacts and then kills the head honcho. Well done, Snape, you fucking idiot. Did you buy the whole collection, by the way? Nah. Okay. It, it was uh, still pretty expensive. Okay. Um, Conveniently placed security guard at the front of the f- uh, at the front door to fool the one stupid cop they sent for a hostage situation. Cop brought a shitload of Twinkies before they showed up. Oh wait man, a, that a- was that was the dad from uh, Family Matters, Carl Winslow. Carl, I, Carl Winslow. I Remember said, Carl of Duty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, wait to mix it up because it's not donuts; it's Twinkies, so it's of different. Course. When John calls the cops, they just say some stupid cop shit like, "Uh, you don't have to." This is a oh, secure- it's got all the great like tropes and stereotypes uh-huh. of the '80s action cop movie. In case you were wondering, this is when uh, Harry Stanford was John McClane. <laughs> Carl of Duty, black cops. <laughs> Hans really just mentioned Matt Dillon from Gunsmoke. Fuck yeah, yeah, because the, the whole uh, cowboy thing. Yeah, um, you know the iconic Yippie Kaye motherfucker. Of course, I wasn't expecting that so early in the movie. Yeah, to that's be the thing with you, because that's that's was always like thought to be like. You know, when you when you kick someone off the side of course, of the yeah, where it's like the big climax of the film. That's that's Arnold Schwarzenegger ruined every one of us yeah. because of that. Yeah, Octo the Vista, baby, <laughs> or that stick whole thing, around, stick around <laughs> is my favorite. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then I uh, so I also have uh, John's wife makes demands and are immediately granted. What kind of hack job is this? What about the the, the douche and coworker that oh, tries Ellis? to negotiate? John, baby. Yeah, he's like, do it. And then when he realizes like it's not happening, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he's fucked. You're pissed. <laughs> um, the the. Because that was just for the first half of the movie, but the, when the like, I love all the action sequences. It really oh, is a great. lot of fun. Um, it's film great because it, it the moments where it's just John, it feels like in the the vent where the, the yeah. classic scene. Come to Los Angeles, have a good time, I, catch a few drinks. So when that happened, when he lit the lighter in the vent, I was like, oh, so that's where that's, that's that from. shot. Okay. And he, I don't think anyone else could have played this role now specifically, especially at that time. Yeah, he he had the right charm, charisma, the wise ass well, attitude. He, he, he looks more of an actual cop than yeah. like. Absolutely. Uh, what, like Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah, or well, like Jean-Claude Van Damme. Same thing with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He always plays American characters with those accents. <laughs> it's like, my name is John Smith. No, it's not, dude. Dude, like, <laughs> fucking kindergarten, kindergarten yeah. cop. My name is John Kimball. John Kimball. I'm a I'm cop, cop, you idiot. idiot. I just, I, it's like, I just, I just think Sean Connery is a Spanish conquistador with yeah. a Scottish accent. So <laughs> well, stupid. like in, in, uh, in Untouchables, he's yeah. not even supposed to be like an Irishman, but he's got the thick brogue on him. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I love Hans Gruber. Oh, uh, I great think he's villain. a great villain. Al, Al, you could argue great Alan he is the greatest action villain of that genre era of action movies. It can very easily be argued. I would say that also, was his first movie, man. Well, his he, first big breakthrough movie. He's also say. like like Hans Gruber is now like uh, is a notorious like pe- like you know people get the people reference. know the villain they know the from. villain exactly. Yeah. Um, so. All in all, the the movie was fantastic. The one thing that did bug me was at the end when they're like, and they uh, everything's done. Hans Gruber's sure, dead. They sure. walk out the building, and the cop, uh, the cop who bought the Twinkies was Carl talking Winslow. to John over over the radio for mm-hmm. the entire movie, and never seen his face. Don't know what the fuck he looks like. And just, they know each other, like because well, it, it turned into like fair. sixteen candles. Let, let's bro. be this. Let's be the stereotypical. He knew the voice and what he looked like. But he didn't talk. He just he walked out like of the building. He sounded like a jolly African-American That's gentleman. a movie sin right there. <laughs> no, oh, it's not. Jesus Christ. <laughs> a no. jolly... So what would you grade this movie as? Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten? Okay, it's cool. Great. Well, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad you finally saw it. And the other question you had to answer, Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. It right. absolutely is a Christmas movie. The first shot of the movie is Christmas related. I And it's about him saving his Christmas vacation. That's... He's not Chevy Chase, though, dude. But he saved Christmas, Christmas, didn't he? Christmas would have been ruined without John McClane. You got rid of her dude. You got rid of your wife's co-worker that's trying to fuck her. He's yeah, dead. Christmas is saved. Dude, I love how they're all hostage and he's just sitting there doing bumps. Yeah. He's I like, can I get a Dr. Pepper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, like, what an idiot. But... John, babe. So, uh, oh, he called, no, he called him Booby. Yeah, Booby. Come on. Capiche? Like, I, I, I watch movies. The like... Yakamoto Plaza, right? Uh, is that? Uh, Nakatomi. Y- y- Nakatomi Plaza, yeah. The I, part I, when, uh, when, when John is uh, leading Hans around and Hans thinks he's got John fooled the whole time, he gives him the, the empty gun. Yeah. yeah. He turns around and he goes to shoot him. What, you think I'm fucking stupid, Hans? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love that dude. scene. He's like, no, no, please don't dude, shoot me. <laughs> I love I love when he pulls the fire alarm, and I love when he's calling a person. He's like, sir, this is a secure line. I know it's a fucking secure <laughs> line. What does it sound like? I'm ordering fucking pizza? Dude, like, he was great. Just he stuff like that is so funny, man. Okay, it just so, like bumps me out because Bruce Willis was so good, and I don't think he's that great now. It just bums me out. Yeah, yeah he's well, no, still he, he's still... No, depends. I'm not saying he's not... He, I'm saying he, now. Like, he kind of... He gets lazy with certain like, roles. I'll also yeah. be honest with you. Like, I didn't hate the new Death Wish. I thought it was... I was wildly I, entertained. I'm gonna watch it. It's on Prime. No, I was wildly entertained. I, that's what That's what I get out of stuff like But that have you now. seen all the old ones? i seen the first one. That was... You haven't seen all of them. It's, he's not fucking Bronson, dude. Like, I, I, no, he's I, not Charlie Bronson. I, no one's Charlie Bronson. No, I know. It was it's just, just like, different. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, um, right. Okay, so let's just segue into our picks now. So you like that. 
I do you want me to give you the the actual sequel? Not two. The one that is the true canon. Do you what's want what's the third? Die one? Hard with Vengeance, Samuel Jackson. You want to just go with it? Uh, it's up to you. You can pick whatever what do you, you think, want. Josh? It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Die yeah. Hard with Vengeance is your pick <sighs> for the week, dude. Right. This is my favorite one. I like it more than the original, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one I had the most fun with. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely the the funniest. Samuel Jackson and him were fucking great in it. Um, it, I, I don't want to like give anything away per se, but it's because the second one I like, but it is my least favorite besides the most recent one. Sounds like, like honestly, too. I like Live uh, Live Free or Die Hard more than the second the one. one with Justin Long with Tim, you... Tim Oliphant oh, Justin Tim, Long yeah. I like that one a little more even though it's technically PG-13 yeah. I like the story more 2 had the least compelling story for me still good mm -hmm. oh, but yeah. Die Hard with Vengeance is I think the most fun overall because Samuel Jackson brought a different Dude. element to it uh, Jeremy Irons was fucking awesome in it Irons, um, so the music and it's great uh, this is the one that's probably the biggest mystery movie of them as well oh really yeah it's like it's actually like a mystery movie cool. I like, um, like so that. yeah Die Hard with Vengeance is the pick for the I week was, you are right dude like there's like there's sometimes throughout Die Hard where I legitimately laugh that dude lot. it's fucking funny when the FBI shows up and it's like Agent Johnson and Johnson he goes yeah this is uh, FBI Agent Johnson no, the other one. And it's the like, principal from uh, Breakfast Club? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's it's, douche. Oh, my All God. All right, you, last week you said to pick an album... B or J, and you said you, uh, you're gonna get, you said you're gonna give me a took J. Took you a week to figure that you're, out. You're gonna give me a J this week. Yes. All right, give me a J. So I'm giving you Jimmy Eat World's nice. uh, Chase This Light. All right. Most underrated album from their discography. Um, everyone knows them, obviously, for the What middle, is it? Bring sweet, This Light? Uh, build, uh, bring This Light, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this album came out, I want to say around 2007. Mm -hmm. So it was right at the height of like the emo, the fallout, sure. Boy Panic at the Disco stuff. And. Jimmy World kind of like just flew under the radar for so many years. Yeah, and this because, is one yeah. album where like people don't because they they hear Bleed America, which is an all time classic record. Well, they also any just genre. remember the singles. They remember the middle, which was their big Sweetness. breakthrough. Sweetness, uh, uh, take, take my, my the take pain my, away. Yeah, that's off of futures. Work, oh, work yeah. is a great song. Um, I've seen Jimmy World like three times live, yeah. and I've listened to a bunch of their albums, but never like actually like diving deep into them but yeah. i always like them Dude. i'm actually seeing them this summer they're Are playing really? with third eye blind that's gonna be a fun um, show at pnc man. which i've seen third eye blind once before yeah. i actually we did the the landlord challenge with that album i still can't get over it, how good it was great is. i still and listen to it i like i've seen jimmy Eat world i saw them open for green day at Gi old giant stadium mm -hmm. and i saw them at claws fest they yeah. were they're great they put on a they sound Dude, great live i seen if Jimmy World ever decides to play Starland Ballroom again, you have to come with me. Oh, I'm, I'm that, in. That one time I went, them being such like they're they're for lack of a better, they're a they're a big band. They play big venues, and the seeing them in a small venue like that is just an, was just an amazing experience. And yeah. Jimmy World cha actually chased this light. I apologize. Oh, chase this light. Chase this light. Most underrated album in their entire discography. And I really, I just, I, I can't get. What year did it come out? Two thousand seven. Okay, so I can't get it's over how gotcha. good this record. What was is, the man. single on this one? Um. Big Casino. Big Casino. Okay, yeah, and yeah. I like that song. All right, cool. Um, it, it's actually kind of cool because we're back to back weeks where we gave movies that we're kind of familiar with yeah. and albums that we're kind of familiar with. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, so the other thing that we did last week is Josh wanted to celebrate the anniversary of Purple Rain. Yes, he did. Um, by, w by watching the Josh. movie and listening to the album, and that's two two idea. of us two of us did that. One of us did not. I'll take you. I'll give you a wild guess on who it was, Micah. And <laughs> you gotta, uh, you gotta, Mitch Hedberg. You gotta yeah. give me time to guess. Yeah. Um. So Purple Rain. Um. I mean, what can you really say about it other than how lame yes? it is, but how great it is yeah. all at the well, same it's, time? Its greatness is in its lameness, honestly. Just, and it's I, cheesiness and it's corny and it's hackiness and it's campiness. It's just so funny to me how an all-time classic record 
and a movie could be so different. So I can tell you <laughs> a funny is, story. One is like his, otherworldly amazing, and the movie is like, huh? So his uh, girlfriend in the movie, uh, Apollonia, right? Yep. Um, I know Apollonia's ex-wife <laughs> in real life, or ex-husband. Ex-husband. He is actually one of the guys that was one of the founders of mixed martial arts as we know it. He was actually in the UFC documentary about the formation of the octagon. Mm. He is actually the one that he claims that he designed the octagon for the UFC. And he hosts amateur MMA events out in California to this day. His name is Greg uh, Kazja Pashal. I've heard that He was married to her for a while. There's pictures of them together. And uh, he's the only person that can host (laughs) MMA events using an octagon without getting a cease and desist from the UFC. Because he's been in court battles with them since then. Um, And he was married to her. And he always say, Prince is a fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So whenever I see her, I get like this nostalgia about this guy. Because he created like so many different things. Like he hated Dana White. So he always made these shirts that were Dana White as a clown. Someone hates Dana White. Um, What else? He he claims that Tap Out stole the design from him. The brand Tap Out. Because he had a brand called Knockout. And it was like the same logo going before Tap Out. Like it's it's weird how like he just makes all these great arguments. And he has evidence to back it up. Yeah, it's crazy. He's definitely like a crazy senile man. But I respect him. Because he did not back down from anything. He's like the <laughs> Alex Jones of MMA, <laughs> like legitimately. Um, Alex so, Jones. what Jesus. on Purple Rain? What is your favorite song? That's not Purple Rain. No, it could be Purple Rain. It can be. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, when doves cry for me, I think that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's that fucking jam, dude. I, um, I, I think uh, I would die for you. Would, that's a really good mind. one, man. It's it's one of those movies that cat like brings me back. Like, I feel like I'm in that era when I'm watching it. If Jungle it, Love was on the album. It, it would be Jungle <laughs> Love. And I, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I still wish I could Morris do that day dance like Morris Day where he's kicking his legs back and forth. I wish I could do that. Like It's as, one of the most fun bass to to, dude. Dude, I mean, that's the dude, thing. the beginning like, of the movie when the time comes out, I love... My favorite thing about it, it's so stupid, just like the rest of the movie. They have, like, the, the, the typical 80s dude with the fucking flock of seagulls haircut. Yeah, I love it. And the eyeliner goes, ladies and gentlemen... The time. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love it, dude. It's, it's so good. Like, if Prince was ever going to... They don't need to make a Prince movie ever. Nah, this is it. Alone, this is it. it. Yeah. Like, what are they going to call it? P- Purple Rain dude, 2? This motherfucker it's is driving sequel, around in skin-tight skin leather pants, a fucking pirate blouse, yeah. six-inch heels on a purple motorcycle. <laughs> dude, my, yeah, I, like, I, I don't care what, what you say. That's the epitome. Like, you could do... The, the amount of confidence you have to have as an individual to do something like well, that. Well, I always think... I Now I... See, Dave Chappelle and Charlie Murphy ruined Prince for me yeah. in a lot of ways because all I picture when I hear the name Prince is I picture when they pan up to Dave Chappelle and it's Charlie Murphy talking. It's just him, like, bobbing his head and you just hear... Oh. <laughs> but, but this shit is real, dude. I know that's like, the best the, part. The scene in the movie when he's driving her on the motorcycle and he takes her to the fucking creek, and she's asking him if he can help her get her music career launched, and he goes, "Well, first you need to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka." Dude, she Lake fucking Minnetonka. takes her clothes off, jumps in the water. He goes, "That's not Lake Minnetonka," and he drives <laughs> the fuck away. Dude, I wish I had the gall to do that to a woman or man in my life. It is some of the funniest like, shit. Bring him somewhere, like, let's go skinny dipping and just drive away. I just, <laughs> oh my god. When we were preparing, <laughs> preparing to have this discussion about Prince, I was watching a couple of different Prince things. You should be playing Prince and, in the uh, background right now. I frankly. can do that. Yeah. Um, there was one thing that I was watching. It was the uh, documentary let's of Prince's... Um, Super Bowl yeah, halftime Let's show. go crazy. Okay. Uh, dude, the, uh, the mini, like, you saw like the documentary they kind of did on it? Like, I think it was NFL Films did, like, a mini doc yeah, yeah, on yeah. that. It's one of the coolest fucking things, Yeah, man. that is no worse than, at, at worst, the third best Super Bowl halftime show, and it's arguably one or two. 
I mean, number one for me is still going to be the Michael Jackson one because that just changed the game. I'll, I'll argue. I'll argue Prince Purple Rain. Yeah, I, one, I can't. I can't argue oh against it. Let's go crazy. Number Dude, one. Dude, he did a fucking. Uh, he did a Foo Fighters cover. He did. Yeah, best no, of it, you, man. it was it great, was so and it's good. fucking raining outside. Well, that, just... that was my favorite part of the documentary. The guy that was talking about it goes, you know, I'm talking to Prince. Uh, you know, we wake up in the morning. You know, he's got one of those typical Miami, not going to stop rainstorms. So we call Prince. We say, Prince, it's raining, and Prince goes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't give a he fuck. He goes, uh, is, are you going to be okay with your performance? And Prince asks me. I just coughed all over Taylor. Are you going to be able to make it rain harder? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Dude, by the power of, not even God, the, by, the, by power the power of, of me. by the, <laughs> dearly beloved, belly bills, you know the one, Dr. B, all right. This is what Jim and Sam used to open their show every oh day. Oh my god, dude, it's such a good song. Anyone who doesn't like Prince can seriously fuck off. It dude, doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, when he you think transcends about, when you the think way about, music is like listened to. Well, like, because he didn't it. fall into any specific genre, and he was mm. so talented. My dad said this was. He said like the three best concerts he ever saw. I imagine. He said David Bowie. He said a band that he didn't even like, but they were amazing live. Were the Grateful Dead. Yeah, he didn't like Grateful Dead at all. He's like, oh, live, they were ridiculous. And he said Prince. Dead, yeah. He said Prince was just absurd. He's like, he's just running to each instrument, and he's playing it better than most people that are dedicated to just one instrument can. Dude, and Prince, not being being an amazing frontman, lyricist, just an artist in general. Composer. And on top of all that, being an, an otherworldly guitar player. Oh, I mean, how how good a bass was. player, drummer, piano player, pianist. I just hate saying penis because I just giggle. Yeah, me like, too. I hear I penis, and I'm just like, but... I, I also loved how um, oh, no, this is one thing go. that like needs to be acknowledged is that Dave Chappelle absolutely brought Prince to a whole new generation. Really did because no one realized Me. that how weird he was, and then discovered how talented he was simultaneously. And I mean, I don't know if you guys heard, he has a brand new album that is uh, unreleased work that is going to be coming out soon. I hope. Um, they have like I think it's like eighteen songs of unreleased work. And uh, oh, nothing compares to you as him. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the best version. Um, the I, actually, my favorite version is the Chris Cornell one. Chris the acoustic, the Sinead O'Connor version is the most iconic for yeah. sure. But the amount of songs that this guy has written for other people, start from the top, and we'll just read. Dude, These I are songs that are written jo by yo, Prince. Josh played Purple Rain. At his wedding. Yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you? That was All right, so these awesome. are songs that were written by Prince for other people, or they covered them. Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. Uh, Manic Monday by The Bangles. Iconic song. Love Song by Madonna. Fuck Madonna, old bag. Uh, Stand Back by Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Nicks. still a babe. Um, let's see. I, I Feel For You by Shaka Khan. <laughs> um, oh the Glamorous Life by Sheila E. Uh, Jungle Love by The Time. Uh, wish, th wish this tear by Cel Celine Dion. With this tear, w whatever. She sucks. Uh, Sugar Walls uh, by <laughs> someone I don't know. Uh, Love Thy Will Be Done by, by Matilda. Uh, how hell there? Uh, it's Matilda. How come you don't call me anymore, Alicia Keys? I fucking hate Alicia Keys. Why? She just yells. Oh, she she, yell. she yells when she sings, and she's very talented, but she stinks. Um, but she, you know who doesn't stink is one Prince. Not Prince, and. He, I mean, I would. He's like. There's very few artists when they die. I'm like bummed out. And when Prince died, I was like, "Fuck, dude, we were all bummed out when Prince died." Yeah. Ralph, yeah, Ralph I, was the most bummed. Yeah. Ralph, like, I was like hoping that this would be the time he actually pulls the trigger. <laughs> Put out, uh, off. I must said outs himself. That too, I guess. Um, offs himself. But um, it was really cool going back and watching Purple Rain for the first time in a long time. And it was a great decision celebrating the anniversary of the album and the movie. And if you haven't seen Purple Rain, watch it. And if you don't want to watch it, 
do no. like Ralph and off yourself. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I mean factually. I, I actually went back and watched another movie series, two movie series what this week watch? that I haven't watched in probably years from like cuz I've definitely watched like random movies from the series over the years but yeah. not like the whole way through. Went back and watched Mad Max, the old ones, 1 through 3. Okay. So, The Road Warrior is the best one. Actually like I still like Road Warrior more than Fury Road, but Fury Road's incredible. Fury Road's Thunderdome's great. by far the worst one. Oh yeah. Thunderdome could have like, been it's... good until they get to the point where it becomes Peter Pan when they find the Lost <laughs> Boys and then it gets goofy. But the Thunderdome part is cool, Master Blaster's cool, but Road Warrior is fucking amazing. Like yep. there's nothing you should change about Road Warrior and the original. And the original Mad Max is probably the best origin story movie next to Batman Begins I've ever seen because it's up there for it sure. It sets yeah. up the whole reason he becomes Mad Max and he becomes the Road Warrior and they never really need to reflect on it too much in other movies. I, I don't know why I'm so perplexed by the whole car thing. I don't know why like I don't know why like like them driving cars is like I mean, cuz it's it's not CGI, it's all practical effects. That, I don't know what it is. Like I just think it's the coolest shit. Well yeah, because most movies they they use an absurd amount of, of special effects and yeah. CGI for chase scenes and this one is all practical effects and it was the same with Fury Road that was mostly practical effects which is fucking crazy yeah. the scale in which they did it and the other series I went back and watched and this was inspired by a conversation we had at Ralph's last week Josh and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia so I watch the Lethal Weapon movies oh my God. they're so good Lethal they're so good dude I mean the worst one is probably three I think because it's so many. It's just so many callbacks to the first two movies, yeah. and then four comes back and completely redeems so, it. Like, like, two is my favorite though. Lethal Weapon, yeah, Lethal Weapon three like panders a lot. It does pander a lot, and they make Joe Pesci more annoying in three. And his character is supposed to be annoying, which I get. Oh. But then in the fourth one, you bring Chris Rock to kind of counterbalance him out, yeah. and it's really you funny. Bring an actual but comedian in to take two completely opposite people like Mel Gibson and Danny Glover and to have that kind of chemistry. Yeah. And in the first one, to give Gary Busey as the fucking villain. And he finishes Gary Busey with a triangle choke, which is crazy because one of the Gracie family members was on the set training Mel Gibson in jujitsu for the movie. That's so so that's why he he suggested doing the triangle choke. But those movies, I actually still kind of hope they do like an old man lethal weapon, like a real lethal weapon five. <laughs> but make sure you put Mac and Dennis in it in a cameo because they, they need it. Did you see what Mac did yesterday? I did. So they retired Chase Utley's number okay. at the uh, for the Phillies, okay. and they had they let him throw out the opening pitch, and Mac came out to catch it. So he finally had a catch with Chase Utley. That's awesome, like, uh, dude. He's the cool Ma Rob McElmany. All those guys in It's Always Sunny seem like the coolest fucking people. Yeah, I saw a thing. Someone tweeted to him because he created It's Always Sunny. It was all his brainchild. Rob, Ma the guy that plays Mac, and it was someone's like, "Hey, my high school theater group wants to do a rendition of The Day Man Cometh." Or the nightman cometh. Uh, he's like, can we have permission to use this? And he says, to, he says to him, you don't need permission. Just do it. Kick ass. And if Hollywood assholes come and bother you, then let me know and I'll take care of it. How many people that are like mega famous like he is would be that cool to you, do that? You know why, though? Because It's Always Sunny is like one of those weird shows where it's like it's always good. Dude, and just like, it's so it's been, funny. Dude, it's been around for so long. Dude, they're going on. They're tying the record for the longest running sitcom of all time, which uh -huh. is crazy. They're going on their 14th season. And... And the, Dude, and the fact that it hasn't like, really gotten stale. There's, there's seasons that aren't as good as others, but there, it's kind of like South Park yeah. in the mold that no season is bad and every season has an unbelievably memorable episode. This past season, the finale where Mac finally comes out and he does this like interpretive dance is like a legitimately great 
art artistic i'm not even kidding like an artistic episode and it, it's crazy the things that he's done to his body where he actually got fat got really and fat. then he lost weight quickly and then he got jacked this past season i mean they say things on the show that you, most shows will never get away with yep. like the episode where d's like i'm having a baby and frank just looks at her he goes do yourself a favor flush it out <laughs> like how could you possibly do I just, that i just think it's crazy that charlie day got the most famous yeah, well, you know what? He's probably got the most, like, um, I'm trying to describe him. Movies, I guess? He f he fits into a mold of almost anything, like, yeah. where he can be funny, goofy. He has that, like, squirrely attitude. Like, almost like the Chris Tucker thing. I, I just kind of. I just keep thinking of him with the cigarette, trying to explain. <laughs> like, Dude, oh, my God, when he's in the, the in the mail room. Yeah. Dude, like, and then to think that Danny DeVito got in the show just because his kids were fans of it, and he, like, hit them up, like, yo, I want to be on this. And the first episode, when he, he hits Charlie with his car, and then he's like, Dad, like, Dad, what are you doing here? He goes, try this for size your mother's dead <laughs> they're like oh my god mom no she's not dead we're getting a divorce dude what am I i'm softening the blow dude my favorite episode is when they have to do community service and they have that's to coach when they're right. coaching basketball but you haven't seen many of the recent seasons no right? not really dude i'm telling you you should just that's like one like the league where i could put it on yeah and there's all these episodes like there, there's one where they go to a water park and Frank's great idea to, to <laughs> get to episode. to get to the front of the lines on the slides uh -huh. is tell everyone that he has AIDS. So he's like him, him and Charlie are walking up. Ah, AIDS! Excuse me. He puts like lesions on him, and then he Damn. ends up in the water and he starts bleeding. And it was like AIDS water. <laughs> like they just they, they and also I got caught last night watching a blooper reel from It's Always Sunny. That's how funny. Yeah. Well, they improv so much of it, yeah. and they're all so naturally funny and charismatic. And then you bring in like random characters that like uh, Rickety. Cricket, Artemis, who's fucking funny, and uh, who else? Uh, the McPoyle twins, who Doyle. are funny. And th when I see McPoyle and other things, like he's in Westworld, I'm like, he's Ruined. drinking milk. I'm yeah. like, he's McPoyle to me. <laughs> yeah. So um, we got an update on OJ Simpson this week on uh, Twitter. Yeah. So I, I texted Taylor. I said, yo, took less than a week for OJ to start threatening to kill people. And, like, literally the DMs is like, motherfucker, I'll find you and I'll cut you. <laughs> like, dude, oh, you're OJ fucking Simpson. You can't be doing that. Like, and he's on parole. And any threats like that are affected by his parole. He's yep. going to end up in jail because of Twitter. <laughs> How many people have ended up in jail because of Twitter? Probably a few. He's going to go to prison for things that are inconsequential compared to the beheading of two people. <laughs> like, uh. literally, uh, uh, a third-rate robbery. Yeah. He's like, he committed Watergate, more or less. Goes to prison. Dude, and it's Twitter. one of those things, man. We're like, I don't, oh my God. And I hate, like I said, from where we were watching the videos last week, I hate how charismatic he is. I no, it's it. true. I Because you brought it up last week, I put on, like, when I was actually trying to fall asleep, I was putting on the 30 for 30. And I'm like, this motherfucker just bleeds charisma. It's, it's no matter what he did. And the crazy thing when they go over it in the, like, uh, when, they, like, the whole trial, which is, like, the part four, I yeah. think. It's like how he knew the camera was oh, on. Oh, he's a performance he just, artist. Yeah. It's actually pretty crazy. So it's, this, this is this is not a political topic, but it bleeds into what you're saying. So this thing came out. I'm sure you saw this, Josh, where uh, Trump was doing an interview for that series, uh, 60 Hours or yeah. something on on Hulu mm -hmm. or 30 Days, whatever it's called. It's everywhere. And right uh, someone released a transcript where his chief of staff, while they were doing the interview, started coughing. And he t Trump, Trump told the guy to leave. He's like, you know, you're messing it up. And he did that because he knows how television works. He knows that the presentation of how he looks saying things is so important and how he how he presents himself and projects. And he picked up on that because he had so many years in television and being in the entertainment field that he knew. Arnold Schwarzenegger was the same way when he was governor. Arnold was a horrific governor. <laughs> like one of the worst in California go, history. Go, charges, the, go. The, the governator. And, oh uh, he, but he knew when the cameras were on and that's why 
why his approval ratings didn't go as low as it should have. And then people years later were like, yeah, he kind of sucked. <laughs> and and um, Wasn't that great? So with OJ, he knew when he was going into court, he's like, got to be OJ now. Mm-hmm. He's like, I got to go from being Orenthal Orin- James Simpson to OJ. Yeah, I'm not black, I'm OJ. No, nah, like, it's fucking crazy. And it's like, it's weird when, like, the, we talked about it last week, but the Naked Gun movies, how funny is it when he hits the puffer fish and he's like, wet paint and like, all, like, it's yeah. just, it's one of those weird, I fucking hate it. <laughs> no, I, it's, it, it's fucking insane. It really and is, And to dude. think that this guy, he was a scumbag for a long time. And he also released a video on Twitter this week about how Khloe Kardashian is not my kid. <laughs> like, oh, that was a big yeah, thing. Like, yeah, I remember that. I mean, I definitely think there's a, a side-by-side of one of OJ's confirmed daughters yeah. and Khloe, and they're like, oh, man, he fucking squirted a load into Chris, and now <laughs> came Khloe. Because the other other Kardashians are all like these, you know, they're thick, but not like thick like Khloe. They're also not 6'2". Khloe's built like a middle linebacker. Jesus. Like, it's... And that's not saying nothing bad. She's a good-looking girl. It's just like she's a big girl. Yeah, compared to the she's other tall. ones, she's she's uh, built like a refrigerator. <laughs> and actually, she's built like a grill. Like, the way she's built, like, when a grill's wide, like, and her ass is the propane tank. Like, the Kardashian ass is the propane tank. But, uh, OJ, uh, in the news again, and, uh, Lenny Dykstra was in the news again this week. Why? Oh my god, I saw that shit, dude. (laughs) He's- Why? He was at a Jersey Mike's getting a sandwich, and I guess he said because the bread is so tough, he had to take out his dentures. And then he didn't realize they were in a napkin that he threw out. So oh, him and he, he had to go look through a dumpster in Jersey for nine hours for his teeth. Get this with a, a guy named Sprinkles the wrestler. <laughs> Sprinkles the clown who is a wrestler. He's a tag why? team wrestler. Why? Why was he with a wrestler? <laughs> it's his friend Sprinkles the clown, the, the tag team wrestling specialist. Okay. Uh, so Lenny Dykstra. He is a gift that keeps on giving. He's got a show on Compound Media now, <laughs> which I'm sure that's going to go fucking great. <laughs> like, everything on Compound does. And uh, I, I saw that. I was like, dude, Lenny is always in the news for the best reasons. Like, first time I remember, like, seeing Lenny after years, just hearing about him from my parents and seeing tapes about the 86 Mets and shit like that. Yeah. He was on a, I think it was like a 60 Minutes expose about how he was... Um, working in like the stock market now and how he was helping people invest and things like that and then two years later he's like got thrown in prison for like a Ponzi scheme type uh. thing and he, but he's made him he's remained relevant yeah <laughs> XMLB star Lenny Dykstra <laughs> spent nine hours dump, uh, nine hours dumpster diving outside of Jersey Mike's Lenny Dykstra <laughs> uh, let's see in the long bizarre Lenny Dykstra stories spending nine hours dumpster diving outside of Jersey Mike's sub shop may not even rank in the top ten Jesus. <laughs> but that's what happened over the weekend and of course the former Phillies and Mets star chronicled his latest misadventure on Twitter after a trip to his sub shop in Linden turned into a denture debacle the bread is so hard on those subs he told NJ Advanced Media on Tuesday I took my teeth out and put them in a napkin folded it up and forgot them there Dexter left the restaurant which is about two miles from his home and later realized he forgot his teeth in the napkin when I went back the workers said they threw all the napkins in the garbage I told them there's no fucking way I was leaving without my fucking teeth the dentures are specifically made with bone marrow and valued at $80,000 Sprinkles the Clown tweeted <laughs> you want to come help me and Lenny Dykstra look for his dentures tonight? Or does anyone? This is a serious question. Josh, follow Sprinkles the Clown right now. We need to get him on the show. <laughs> Sprinkles the Clown. Oh, by the way, we won two tickets to the next IWF wrestling event. Um, yeah, we won them on Twitter. So I think because we're gonna, uh, we're definitely going to work that one, yeah. uh, schedule conflicting, we're going to give those away. We're going to do a contest. Okay. Um, so we won them and we're going to help someone else win them. Hell yeah. Um. So Lenny Dykstra, Dykstra. Uh, you, you needed to follow Lenny Dykstra. He's just, uh, uh, and Sprinkles the Clown. How many followers does he have? 7,000? 
Tag, it's one time. One time. See, you just say CRW tap former. You don't need to say one time. One X doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Four X SWF tag team champion. He did it for One twice. X NUA tag team champion. He did it three times. I wonder one, if this guy's ever wrestled in PWS. He probably has. Wait, and why are there so Rape many sprinkles? Follow PWS, all the sprinkles dude. of the clown, Josh. There's two more on the side. What? Just follow all the sprinkles of clowns you can. Dude, when we went we to need to a... find the imposters. Dude, Wait, there's more, Josh. Follow him. <laughs> this is like when Ralph decided to follow all the Taylor Micahs on Facebook. He yeah, f- I friend requested all... This Yo. <laughs> Yo, there's been like 15 <laughs> sprinkles. Wait, uh, follow that one on nope. top. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not going to mention her name. Uh, <laughs> no, no, but dude, when when Josh and I went to PWS, like we just went roguely, right? And we we're sitting there. And PWS, we, by the way, is an independent wrestling company in the area, right? Yeah, yeah. best way to yeah, describe it. Like, like the Northeast. Yeah, and um, we, they had a show down at uh, uh, Starland Ballroom, which will was WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, yeah. So when we hung out with Virgil that weekend, yeah, Vir- that was SummerSlam weekend. That Virgil came week, to our yeah, house, yeah. right? So we were uh, so we're there, we're watching the match, and then I remember after a while, Josh just looks at me and goes, "Wait, Ray Mysterio's here?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess." And then it, his music hits the booyaka, booyaka, yeah. right? And he comes out, and his second he hits he hits the ropes and does his thing on on the top rope. Josh just looks at me and goes. That guy won the world title for 80,000 people. Yeah, he did. It's Starland Ball right now. He don't, let's be fair. He only won the world title because Eddie Guerrero died. <laughs> like, that's yeah. pretty much just the whole... My favorite still is Randy Orton. Eddie's in hell. <laughs> and then Batista later. Eddie's dead. <laughs> like, they brought up Eddie being dead in two different angles. It's just ridiculous. I saw but... a great another great Vince McMahon story yesterday someone sent me about Kelly Kelly. Well, Kelly Kelly was, like, first debuting, and she kind of, like, did a strip tease, right, Josh? Isn't that kind of, like, one of her first appearances on TV? Mm -hmm. And she said, Vince McMahon taught me how to strip. He's like, she's like, I've never done this before. And he goes, and then here's this guy, this elderly man, (laughs) showing me how to strip, taking off his shirt around a chair, (laughs) and he's showing me just the right moves to do, and then I go out there to do it, and there's no chair. (laughs) (laughs) And I just picture Vince McMahon stripping. I mean, he kind of has on WWTV before. Eh, where's the chair? Um... I got some video game uh, stuff from this week. Two different video game things. Sure. What? One is about a video game movie they're making. They're making a Gears of War movie. They fucking But apparently it it's not going to follow well. the storyline from the game. It's going to be like an alternate universe kind of thing. Okay. Which, okay, there's two it's arguments bad, to this. I'm so, I'm so heavy in what Gears is, of War. What is the most successful video game movie franchise, without question? It, there's only one answer when it comes to financials. I'm getting mad because I know and I can't remember Josh, the name. you know? There's been six sequels. Oh, Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Uh, right. By far. Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Resident Evil is kind of like that, what I just said with Gears of War, where it kind of, it's in the same universe, uh, different things happen, they take some similar avenues to the stories, yeah. and different characters are in it, but it doesn't follow any of the games tit for tat. The closest one is Apocalypse, just because of Nemesis, and they even altered that. I'm, I'm, so, kind, of, I'm kind of okay with it, because the story from all this, Gears 1 through 3 are so, is such complex. a fantastic story. And, and, and the problem is, like, when they... It would translate to a, mo- uh, a series better a series, than a movie. Yeah, for so sure. I think when you're taking a game like Game of uh, Gears of War, I'm gonna say Gears of uh, Games of War, um, Gears of War. I think changing the overarching story while keeping some of the characters or having them be in it, but maybe not the main characters, yeah. is a good idea because you'll be a less sentimental attachment to the original story than if you tried following it and then change dramatic things because it is a movie. No, exactly what you said. Because if they would have made like the the actual story from Gears of War, yeah. I went. I you I they'd fuck it up. Up. They, you would be the first person I would text and say how much I hate it. They, they'd fuck it up for mm-hmm. sure. And because, like, like they, they, 
originally years ago they wanted to cast Dave Batista as Marcus Phoenix. Oh, he would have been in, perfect though. Yeah, but like oh, I don't. Batista yeah. looks like he's in that that movie with the guy from the Big Sick that Batista's in looks so bad. I, I Stuber. Just, I don't even know. I, I, look, I, mean, I, I Batista cop. looks funny in it. Batista looks really funny. Batista and I, looks like he's a pretty good actor. Dude, he is honestly. a good. He's funny. He's got yeah. this weird charisma. I mean, he was such a popular wrestler for a reason. But to be as funny as he is. But going back to Gears of War movie. Um, he would have been perfect to play that character, to play Marcus. And I mean, I just think it's a better idea to change it, to yeah. change the story while keeping the same kind of storyline. Because even the secondary characters in 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 that yeah, thing are, yeah. are beloved. So if they even fuck up like a Baird or, exactly, or a exactly, train, they'll fuck that up. Even too. if they're just like, because in in the Resident Evil movies, none of the main characters from the game ended up being the main characters in the story. They were in it though. Like none of them were in the original. None of the original characters in the first movie. Second one, they brought in Jill Valentine and Nemesis. The third one brought in uh, Chris Redfield and uh, uh, Claire oh, Redfield. Claire and Chris Redfield. And yeah, then, um, sister, the right. oh no, the villains were in the the sequels too. The guy that um, Jorah Mormont from Whisker, Game of Thrones, yeah, yeah Whisker, yeah, he pl- he's in there. So this is the other. I don't have some actual video game news about a video game that's coming out. They debuted at E3 that I only heard about this week. Okay, we love open world games, right? Yes, where you can yes. just kind of do whatever you want. The Grand Theft Auto is kind of the, the actually the original game I remember being an open world game was Driver Two, I think. Driver Two PS One, awesome, yeah. But it, that was the only thing that sucked I, about that was that you actually got pulled over for speeding. Yeah. Like you couldn't if you ran through a red light and a cop was there, you were fucked. <laughs> so this game coming out, it's an open world game, mm. but you don't play a human. Okay, you play take a guess on what you play as. You play as a pogo stick. No, it's a it's a living creature. Give oh. me a living creature. Um. Uh, is it an animal or a human? Animal. Animal. Jesus. Uh, what are you, a goat? Was it goat simulator? No, but good guess. Josh? Uh, dog. This game is called Man Eaters, and you play <sighs> a shark. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's I an open-world shark game. Dude, it looks Where awesome. if there's some, the bad guy in it is like some fisherman that is looking for you specifically, and you evolve and grow as the game goes on, and you could just wreck people as a shark. That's awesome, dude. I saw that. Josh, I was pull like, up the gameplay, dude. It's yeah, fucking dude, awesome. I, I'm gonna fucking need this game. It looks great. Like, the, even if it's fucking dog shit, I'm gonna love it. I'm like curious if they're gonna do like a mission, like you know how like some. Yeah, no, it's a story go- mode. Like it's That's a thing where like crazy. Y- like you probably have to eat a certain amount to grow, like and level up. Like, dude, dude. this looks fucking awesome. <laughs> Yo, so it's gory. an open world RPG where you're a shark. I love it. What was it? No, it was just uh, it was the ONA Mel Gibson taste oh, yeah, the five yeah. hour thing they did. Dude. Oh my god. Now this what? reminds me of Echo Sea the- Turtles, mate. I just reminds me of Echo the Dolphin. Remember that fucking game? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yo! <laughs> the shark is jumping out doing Dude, you fa- gotta do tricks. You, you do tricks for combos and you just like, yeah, munch dude. on people, dude. Dude, look at the- <laughs> There's two people driving behind a jet ski and they get mauled. I love it, dude, because I think what they said was, like, when you play, like, instead of just pressing the button and you eat someone, you have to, like, keep pressing. It's, like, almost like a little bit of a button match, yeah, too, dude. for the Yeah, dude, this looks combat, fucking cool, man. Say. Like, it's such a weird concept, but it's creative and it's original. Yeah, Like I, cool. I mean, what's the last time a game where you could play as an o- ocean creature? Was <laughs> look, it probably look, Echo? Look, Yo, look he just... <laughs> Slow motion eating, dude. They're gonna have to add in the Sharknado mod. <laughs> they have oh, they to. Have to. Like, well, so what I was what I was reading about it too was that like obviously you know you get stronger, you, uh, you the shark you grow. gets bigger because sharks technically never yeah they, yeah they never stop growing. It's the 18, the eighteen foot shark that was Correct. off the coast. Yeah, and um, I think there's a point in the game. I don't know when or how, obviously, but there's a point in the game when you can become a megalodon. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. What? That's, 
Dude, I I hope I can take out like cruisers. Like I want to be. I'm gonna take out those gas pipes dude, and destroy the city. The reason this is so smart, and I just brought up that Sharknado thing. If this game does remotely well, they're gonna be able to add all kinds of expansion and mm. make money off it. The Sharknado mod, the Jaws. You can make a Jaws mission out of this, dude, where you have to actually make sure they can't get a bigger boat. That's cool. Like, yeah, no, like the the alternate stuff. Yo, like even like, when Assassin's Creed did when yeah, like, George yeah. Washington dude, went bad. You like, know. Dude, this game, it's literally, you're just a shark. Oh, shit. Big-ass alligator. That's from The Phantom Menace. I've yeah, seen that thing. A, it's a big-ass alligator. <laughs> There's always a bigger fish. Uh, I'm excited for the Josh, you're going to get this game? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, dude. I'll be able to play this for hours. Uh, although there is a game, Taylor, where you actually, it is open world, kind of, and it? you play as something that's not alive. It's just called I Am Bread. And you're oh, a piece I of, love I Am Bread. <laughs> I, I, it. I got it for free, and you're just escaping from the toaster. Uh, dude, I love it. Someone, uh, my buddy, um, uh, Brandan, Brandan, the guy that got us John Rocker and Mark Coleman. Okay. He texted me the other day. I was mess- I was chatting with him, and he was like, I got this game where you go around hugging Disney characters. I'm like, you playing Kingdom Hearts? He's like, no, it's a Disneyland experience, and all you do is walk around Disney World, like a simulation of Disney World, and you get to hug the characters. He's like, yeah, I just played it for like four hours. <laughs> is it like, what is it, like VR? Or is it like with No, controller? it's just you walk around. Yeah, it's like a, you walk around. Around. I'm good. I'm I was good like, he's like, I was just really fucked up, and I didn't want to get die or anything. You got infinite lives. Yeah, that's great. Look, watch the shark get on the beach, dude. So, uh, Taylor, Josh, I'm gonna need you to pull this up. Um, Skip Bayless got trolled pretty hard this week. Oh. Good. So you know the Twitter account Sports Talk Barry, yep. the guy that he always changes his name like a darn Schefter, so it looks like Adam Schefter. Yeah. So he got Skip Bayless hard. On uh, whatever his show is with Shannon Sharp, it's in your DMs, Josh, oh, on Twitter. It? Undisputed or something. Yeah, yeah. So let me uh, let me start out by reading the original tweet from Sports Talk Barry. Or jo- Taylor, you read it. Okay. Make so, it full screen, Josh. Yeah, because I, I could I could barely see. Um. So this is from uh, Sports, Sports Talk Barry. Sources tell ESPN. They oh, I like how his avatar looks like me. It's that doctor commercial. <laughs> Sources tell ESPN that Chris Paul repeatedly made fun of James Harden for having man boobs during practices over the last two seasons. Several times Harden broke down in tears and had to leave the practice facility. No surprise to see so, Harden wanting so, to call out now. So um, specifically, I don't know if you saw this week, a report came out about how the relationship between Chris Paul and James Harden is not repairable. Yeah. That they were arguing Chris Paul was trying to mentor James Harden. James Harden said, why don't you cover your own assignment before you tell me what to do? So this has all been coming out and what happened to skip Bayless, Josh. Make sure the volume's good on it. It should be good, yeah. Go ahead. There was the one report yesterday that it got so bad in practice going back two years ago that Chris Paul was making fun of James' man boobs in practice to the point that oh, he Shannon. broke down in tears and had to leave a couple of practices. Man. Okay, that's that's when you're hitting bottom, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so Skip fell for the so I, I know a lot. Or of- he, he there's a level of Skip. I, I believe like, he might have He's like, purpose. he's inception on himself where yeah. he does this knowing people are going to freak out. Oh, yeah. Like, still saying that Tim Tebow will be a better quarterback than most guys in the it's NFL to this day. Now. Yeah. But that was like, I, I don't blame Shannon because Shannon probably don't know, does, doesn't know. I fucking hate Shannon it. Sharp. It's hard for me to hate him. It, you, okay. Fair. I get that. But I understand. I understand. You can still love the guy as a player and be like, yo, he's dog shit as an analyst. And he can't, he's a terrible speaker. Well, I, I he can't, he literally can't talk. I can say the same things. Like, everyone ripped on Jason Witten, and everyone loves Jason Witten as a player. 
Yeah, with Witten, he was, was just, ESPN's to me, fault. Witten was just, they were trying to capture that Tony Romo magic. Well, Tony Romo's Tony Romo. He's just Yeah, well, and Tony charisma. Romo has that natural charisma. He's charming. And Witten is a good guy, but he he doesn't have, like, that dude, that wit. He, dude, he, would, he dropped out every fifth word, honestly. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Gene, it was a great play. Yeah. Like, just, oh, it was dude. it was hard. I felt bad because he's such a great player, but it's one of those things like you just can't, you can't, you can't, he just doesn't no, have it. No, absolutely not. And it's on ESPN for throwing him on Monday night, the most watched, like, yeah, exactly. And it's so outside like, of Sunday night football, it's the most watched football game every week. The only worst time I heard, like, the only time I heard worse commentating was, uh, it was the Broncos game on a Thursday night. It was Rex Ryan and that girl. No, that I can tell you a worse one. Which one? Mike Goldberg. Mike, who? UFC Mike Goldberg. He okay. did a NFL game the the weekend that you came with us, um, and I was okay. ch- chatting with him because I felt bad because he got ragged on so hard. Josh, just Google quick. Mike Goldberg NFL commentary. He got to do one game. No, you're on YouTube. Oh, Goldie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's with uh, Bellator now, right? Yeah. Um, Mike Goldberg NFL commentary. And uh, he did a Lions game, I believe it was. It might have been like Lions Vikings. That other guy too is like, yeah. Like he oh, here you go. Yeah. You can play this video. Mike Goldberg's mistake-filled NFL commentary <laughs> debut. Dude, he's so good in MMA. So like, maybe going to a different. But even sport. in MMA, he screwed up a ton. But it was part of his charm that I miss. Well, it was also that because because Joe would like straighten him out a little bit, and it would just be funny. Like they played well off. Each yeah, other. exactly. No, they, I mean no, this no guy once said about Anderson Silva, his precision is very precise. It's great though. I know it was like a Yogi Berra is like, like like Joe would say something stupid and it's like so sad, funny. Someone called me a Joe Rogan. Or maybe Joe actually just, go to YouTube, Josh, and find it. And Joe would just look at him like Mike Goldberg right, NFL. Um, this was probably the worst I heard. And when we saw him that weekend after the night of the fights, Sorry. and I just saw I saw Goldie in the the lobby. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go chat with him. And I brought, oh, boy, actually, just play his UFC bloopers. Yeah, let's just play that because we're not going to find the video. I, I need to hear some of these. Uh, a rant, a rant and rich production. Oh, so don't photo, give them a free. You got to give them a plug. Everybody, I'm Mike Goldberg. Welcome once again to the Ultimate Fighting. Ultimate. Well, hi again, everybody. I'm Mike Goldberg. Welcome once again to the Ultimate Defining Championship. Diaz <laughs> smells the opening. Because if his name is Keith Johnson, then the Dean of Me makes no sense. <laughs> you're, you're right, Mike Goldberg. I love Joe. That was a straight left. Yeah, it was. Pardon me. <laughs> Little Eagle. His name was Little Chuck Eagle. Chuck Lydell. <laughs> Here were great heavyweights like Mike Tyson, George Holmes, and all have fought in years past. <laughs> but still, as Thanks for pointing that out, dude. We haven't figured that out. Michael Jordan-esque in his grappling skills is Travis Luter. No. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. You can't laugh. Rewind that just a little bit because he names some other players if they play the full thing. No, he starts naming more. Uh, really precise. You almost want to just sit back and watch Sokaju and soak it in. <laughs> Kobe Bryant? I don't know any other basketball player. Larry Bird is still alive. Speaking of Portuguese, that's Japanese, bro. I should have known that. You're the one married to a Japanese chick. Tito taking a book out of Chuck's chapter right there. One of the most <laughs> taking a book chapter. Ever enter the octagon is BJ Penn, the prodigy, the prodigy, the prodigy, <laughs> the prodigy. But tonight, a late change means he faces. Oh my God! Wat Myman. 
himself a grappler. He trains on his own. He is single. It's almost like breakfast at Wimbledon. So basically, who uh, who was the one dude? I don't remember. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Every night to George was once upon a time. You're gonna do X, Y, and Z. And he doesn't know if George definitely got the message or not. But it was his bedtime story pretty much every night for the last six months as he prepared to return what? to the octagon. Wait a minute, Rich Franklin tucks him in. <laughs> Pause it quick. What were you gonna say, John? You know what's crazy? They're, they're talking about that. And who was that one nuts. dude? I don't remember if it was UFC 101 or 102, but it was around that time period. We were watching the fights in your basement, and a guy was coming back after like uh, a pretty long uphill battle with a uh, drug addiction. Okay, and I remember Goldberg's commentary pre-fight was a loser in the fight game oh, and in life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I know what you're talking about. That might be on here. Keep keep playing this. Now. <laughs> I'm having a great Dude, time. This is so good. We love you, Goldie. Aaron Simpson is the 30-something Randy Couture of the 40-something crowd. <laughs> Efreon Escudero will bring it tonight, and I guess we will find out if comparisons for Felipe Nover to GSP and Anderson Silva are uh, are premature or not. Yeah, we're gonna have to find out. It's, I mean, he's gonna have to face really tough competition to be uh, mentioned in that that lofty altitude. You know, that's like I'm that's like them saying I'm a Joe Rogan. Yeah, that one. Joe just doesn't get it. Joe just, <laughs> Joe just stares at the camera and starts laughing. The next <laughs> I don't speak of the Portuguese, so I cannot translate from the corner. Speaking of Portuguese, here it is again. Japanese, bro. thank you. Highly touted. You almost want to just sit back and Why is it playing this again? I don't know. Let's see, let's just see where it goes. We heard this. First of all, he got the submission wrong and then yeah. he called the fight. I've never heard you pull that out of this before. That was close. Making the trip from Davenport, and there is twin brother Mark working with equally aged brother Matt. All kinds of heavyweights in the house. All kinds of former fighters and actors in Steve. Cold Stone. I'll tell you what, Austin. The Rock is this fighter, Anderson Silva, the UFC middleweight champion, will fight at 205 pounds. He's got magnificent Muay Pai. Muay Pai. Muay Pai. Is that even me? Oh my God. CB Dalloway made a bad decision, and now he gets a second chance to earn a victory. Nope. Jesse Taylor was the guy that made the bad decision. He got kicked out. Really precise. I love that. Late kick to the midsection. <laughs> Pardon me. A right and a left. A right and a left again. It's You know, I love him. Brand new hour-long comedy special exclusively through his website. Joe Rogan, live from the Tabernacle, is available now on JoeRogan.net for $5. Users can stream or download the special recorded at the Tabernacle in Atlanta, <laughs> Georgia on April 20th. Log on to JoeRogan.net to get your copy today. I think you hey, said can I get a discount on that? Yes, you can. Thank you. Thank for you. you, it's four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. I love it. I'll take it. You know what? You are a funny man, by the way. Thank you. You're funny too. Nah, Sometimes you. unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs>
Absolutely you're right. the best, hey, buddy. Support my buddy, greatest comedian in the world. Uh, I don't believe that, but <laughs> thank you. I don't either, but I just. <laughs> <laughs> See, I am funny. We'll come to your job, and I bet you mess up too. Then we're gonna make fun of you on Twitter. Oh, he's, he's the best, that, dude. That was great. That, that's what we deserved. Him dude, yelling at us. I, I love Goldie. So, but yeah, when I met, I talked to him after the whole NFL thing, and nice I was like, great. "Dude, it was your first time doing it. Like, I get it." He's Whatever. like, "Yeah." And you got executive screaming in your ear. I was like, "Dude, hopefully you get another shot." He never did. Um, Levar Ball also got banned from ESPN this week. I love it. Yeah, I, he stinks. I, like, why was it ever a thing? Well, it's because listen, it, it, he drew ratings. I get it. I, I get it. I, I have a lot of respect for people that talk themselves into existence. Oh, I very 100%. much have a lot of respect for it. But I, when you start saying silly well, shit... When it, it, okay, it was funny at first, at, for like a week or two, and then when he was his kid gets uh, arrested in China... And oh, Trump helps to get him freed, and oh, he's like, Lamella. "I don't, I don't think Trump." Like, all right, stupid. Yeah, like, ball, like, an like idiot. yeah, like that whole. F- I, I, I still think Lonzo's oh. going to end up being a really good player, especially he's going to be able to thrive in New Orleans yeah. after the trade. Um, it was Leangelo ball? Yeah, Leangelo. Yeah. What, what's the difference? Fuck him. Uh, I did see a trailer for a movie that you know we talked about last week. They want uh, a female Alfred, and like, oh yeah, yeah, real equal. You want her to make a sandwich? Yeah. Um. So, so a trailer for a movie. Melissa McCarthy. Okay, pretty good. Elizabeth Moss, I know people like her. I can't stand her. Okay. And that Tiffany um, uh, Horseradish, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Haddish. Haddish, whatever her name is. I don't know her from anything. Um, I just knew Tiffany something. A lot of people know her because she was a great stand-up comedian at one point. I, I couldn't tell you a thing about her. Um, so they're in some movie where I guess their husbands got arrested and they worked in like the, the Boston Irish Mafia. Okay. And then they decide, we got to go into... Or no, it was actually not, it was not about Boston. It was New York because they work in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, right. And they're like, we got to go into business for ourselves. And this is... It's, it looks like a serious movie. It's not a comedy. So what would you name a movie that it's three strong female leads where they're kind of getting into the mafia? Come up with a title off the top of your head that isn't offensive. This is us. Okay. <laughs> Josh? Uh, okay, so it's a mafia movie. Yes. It's about women. I'm going to go Wise Girls. Okay. Movie about three women bonding together who want to prove that they're on the same level as their men is called The Kitchen. That's awesome. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, and that's not I, the I, okay, I went to the movies. I walked by and I see the poster first and I'm like, it's three women. It's called The Kitchen. And it's supposed to be serious. Like the mo- what's the <laughs> what's the most common joke that people say to women? Get back to the kitchen. So then you take this movie and you name it the kitchen. Call it the clinic. Call it the 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 tampax. What was that, Josh? Get the fuck out of here, <laughs> Paulie. Right. Yeah, I mean, I have no interest in the movie. It doesn't look like it's my kind. Of, I can't stand Elizabeth Moss, so unless okay. she's unless I find out she's getting killed in the movie, I won't watch it. Like an Us when she gets killed. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll probably watch it at some point for sure. I do like Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, Melissa McCarthy. I've really never funny. seen Tiffany Haddish in anything. The last thing she, I think she was in that night school movie that did really well. I didn't like it. Though. The Kevin Hart movie. Mm. Kevin Kevin Hart Tiffany. I Haddish. can't. I've never it seen him well. The only movie I've seen Kevin Hart that I didn't hate was Jumanji, um, where he's like the star of it. Jumanji was funny. No, The Rock was the star of that. Really. Yeah, and, but uh, he was funny in it. Kevin well, Jack Black was really funny. Jack Black was hilarious. Yeah, he was great. Uh, there was another one. It was actually it wasn't terrible, but it was a uh, The Rock and Kevin Hart were like The Rock's the secret agent or whatever. Oh, Central Intelligence. That, it wasn't terrible. There were some really funny parts, but yeah, I mean, it's just Ke- Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's last. Kevin Hart was never. He's never been a great 
actor, in my opinion. But, no, he but he's done very well for himself. Oh my god, he's ama- he's like really he does really good stuff. His last comedy special I didn't like all that much. Well, to be I honest. think with most comedians, once they reach a certain point in fame, it's really hard to maintain that level of success when it comes to stand up. Like very few have been able to do it. Like Chris Rock has done all right. Yeah. Um, Dave Chappelle, but he kind of disappeared as well. Yeah, but Dave, and, yeah, but I, you know what I think he had Robin Williams. You can bit. argue, even though I don't love his comedy, he remained because he remained so relevant in other ways. Yeah. And do you hear this new song? No. This is oh, a new, I, I wait, no, no, this I, I, is a new song. Listen. Do you know who this is? Listen to the lyrics. <laughs> Dude, it's a new single. It's going to be really big. It's doing really well. He's going to be on the show soon. We're going to talk to Lou Bega. Wouldn't you like to talk to him? I don't care. But, okay, but you would find something interesting in it. Dude, it's crazy. I'm not even joking now. How well he's still doing, like, musically. Oh, more than likely. Dude, he he sells out, like, those, like, tour cruises or whatever. Oh, my God. No, people make a lot of money. Just listen. Keep listening. He's the hat man. And this is with the scat man. Aren't you excited about new Lubega? It's no, been a while. Not really. Why no. not? I wasn't in the Lubega when Lubega was. You were a thing. definitely, dude. When Mambo Number no. Five came out, you liked it because you were young enough. I never it. said I didn't like it, yeah. but like I grew out of it. And then I brought it back to you, and you liked it again in a minute, ironically. And then I wore it out to no. the point that you hated it. I again. looked at you and I said, "Why the fuck are you listening to Mambo Number no, 5? No, your exact I'd quote rather, to me once I'd was, "What is your obsession with old black men?" That's <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Yeah. You did say that to because me. within two weeks you were you were best friends with Lubega, and then Virgil showed up on our front fucking door <laughs> well listen I, I have a quota to meet when it comes to diversity and next we gotta find you shouldn't like, have a quota you weirdo no I don't want to be called uh, a, a racist or all right so I have to hit my social justice warrior cues oh, everyone okay. does cool. they can't call me racist if I have a certain amount of black friends they can't call me a homophobe if I have a certain amount of gay friends they can't call me ageist if I have a certain amount of old friends sure so I mean I, they can't call me the um, weightist if I have a certain amount of fat friends that's why and, you and I are here <laughs> yeah I was gonna say I, I, that's I, why I, you and I are I here to you, I want. that's why Colucci uh, and Greg are around the old people category well the gay category too. True. true. Uh, Two birds, one stone. Yeah, exactly. So you could turn this off now. I, I truly do love this song, and I'm his top fan on Facebook. Which, dude, I wasn't even planning on that happening, and then I get the notification, and I was like, "Oh my god, I made it!" <laughs> like I don't have anywhere else to go. Like yeah, it's all like, downhill from here. Doesn't get much better than that. No, Big is um, number one fan. So two celebrities got fappening this week. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was Bella Thorne, but yep. she she jumped the gun actually. And when she found out this person was like trying to hold her like hostage for it, well yeah, they so, and so she actually went and released the pictures herself, which is very smart. And uh, then I I saw like I, listen, I hate the argument that oh well if you don't want them to get leaked out you shouldn't be taking these pictures. Why? It's private shit. Like mm-hmm. no one, it doesn't matter what you do. It, it, it that's an invasion of privacy, which offends me more than anything that could be said. I'm with you. And um, so then fucking Whoopi Goldberg is going out there giving her shit on that shit the view about it yep. and like Whoopi first off you're supposed to be uh, a freedom of speech freedom of privacy um, pro woman and then you're giving this young girl shit about it which is fucking stupid and I, I just don't understand I mean it's the view so it's uh, you have to look like it, it's weird because these people are like oh pro women also want to like tell them you can't do certain things because this might happen do you need to be more aware as a celebrity Dude, absolutely I'd say all, all she did was just be rabbit the fucking person was yeah. like just say everything just do what the person was going to do to you anyway yeah just, I mean, like, what else the, you got the amount of people and the, this guy that did it to her also said that he has other celebrities that I'm sure are going to be coming out now listen I need to have be full disclaimer here I'm not saying I don't look at these pictures because I do 
And uh, I, I keep waiting to see who's next. You know, there's been some good ones. I mean, the most famous is probably the Jennifer Lawrence and Kate Upton ones. Kate Upton's got a rope from Verlander on her back, just dropped, and got to respect that Cy Young MVP rope that he dropped. Okay. Um, so another person had something leaked from them this week. Mm. Not a woman. Not an actor. A professional wrestler. One that you guys happen to like. Ooh. Ricochet. Really? Yeah. But it's not anything that's good for him. Because it's a video of him finger blasting his asshole. Oh, God. Okay. Jesus Christ. Do you want to see it? No, no. I don't want to see it. Do you want to see it, though? You know, you, know, no. when, you know when you ask things twice and you think you're going to get a different answer? Yeah. It's see, not I'm the times. kind of person where if I know something disgusting is out there, I need to see it. How many times do you watch it? Just once. I, I, I mean, Bullshit. once you get the idea... No, literally just once. It, it's like, I'm not watching, like, gross shit more than once. Like, when Seth Rollins' nudes leaked out, I was like, I gotta see his fucking baby dick. And I had to go look. It's not a matter... Yeah, well, if, if someone tells me, yo, you gotta see this dick, I'll be like, alright, I'll look at this dick. You know, joke's on him, he's dating Becky Lynch now, so... True, true. Andrade is dating Charlotte Flair and shit. When did that happen? Weird. It came out of nowhere, I feel like. Like, there were rumors about Seth and Becky for a while. Because I've been out of the loop, and I just, like, I follow them still on Instagram. Selena Vega's married to Aleister Black. What? Yeah, dude. It's fucking weird. Like, I love the the weird couples. Is, uh, is uh, Bray Wyatt and JoJo still a thing? Yeah, dude. He posted a great Father's Day picture. Did you see that, Josh? Pull up Bray Wyatt Father's Day picture, because they just had their first kid. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, That's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love Bray. Uh, yeah, dude, this Father's Day picture is fucking creepy. Is it's it such really? a Bray Wyatt thing. So uh, he's doing yeah, top one, top one. Or he's doing, uh... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing he's, a bit, He's or? gimmicked. He's, he okay. do the bit, yeah. Uh, scroll... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Dude, with the mask. Scroll, I, what's his caption on it? Uh, happy Father's Day, brethren. If you if you were like me, you'll last without them. You'll, 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 you'll be, be lost without yeah, them. You'll be lost without um, them. Yeah, no. That, that's. I mean, I'm trying to think like other couples that are in wrestling. I mean, obviously, Brandy Rhodes, Cody. Yeah. Um, there's uh, Peyton Royce is married to Ty Dillinger, now Sean Spears, who just got released from the company recently. He's Dolph, in AEW now. Dolph Ziggler's fucked like everyone. Yeah. Like he's Amy, literally. Most famously, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer, Nikki Bella, yeah. who she just announced she the reason she had to return, she got like a cyst on her brain. That's yeah. exciting. Uh, that no one ever wants to like tell people like, hey, I got a cyst on my brain. Taylor, do you remember when you almost told us on here that one of our friends had cancer? When it was just me and you and Ralph? Yep, let's uh let's move forward. I'm not gonna say the friend, but whatever became of that? It was just it was fucking it was him being stupid. Yeah, that's true. Saying you know how you know how he's been saying really ridiculous things lately. Yeah, um, that, well, I mean, that, if, if it was him being stupid, we could talk about it now. No, but I'd rather not. I just, I just, well, I don't I'm, I'm going to connect weird. it. Because, no, fuck it. I don't care. He can get mad at me about okay. it. Quaz, <laughs> he goes to us one day because now that I know it's nothing. Well the, well, the one time you and I were there, and he kept saying I have to go to the hospital, and you and I for a split second go, do you seriously have to go? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, just being an. He's asshole. like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, let's go. He's like, no, I'm not going. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like when you had a heart attack, but it was really just a pull muscle yeah no, or, no it was it actually was he ate I, dots I, too fast <laughs> no, I, I, I no, you had a pulled muscle yeah, too and I you ate issue. dots too fast yeah. and dropped the pizza um i tried so to be nice i had a I, I had a i was hanging out with quaz last week it was me quaz bob uh grow house Steli, and john was passed out and quaz is telling me how he won't watch any movies that's no he his exact words were i don't watch any movies from vietnam and i'm like like vietnam war movies like no anything before 2006 i'm like you're what? you're way off. Like <laughs> That's not Vietnam right. ended like thirty years before that, <laughs> and he's like, I don't care. He's he won't watch anything from pre two thousand six. He won't watch Blade, no matter what. No, he I won't. Him, like he I'm won't like, watch it. I so like I think we need to clockwork orange him. Like hold him down and hold his <laughs> eyelids open. 
Oh my god, well, I have a good Photoshop well, idea. He also I have like, a great Photoshop he also, idea. He has my he has like my movie account. Yeah. Obviously not my password. So like I got a lot of older movies on there that I, like I got the Warriors on there that I absolutely won't love, watch it. But won't he watch won't watch it. He told us the other day. I, he's like he goes, I won't watch Raging Bull. And I'm like Raging Bull's fantastic. He won't man. watch anything from two thousand six and he says it's from Vietnam. It's not Vietnam. Quite there was crazy. literally like three wars since Vietnam. Yeah, in fact. Much. Yeah, there was. Like you had uh what uh there was the one that was like a two day war on some island. Uh, uh, you had uh, Iraq 1, Iraq 2, the war on terror. Yeah. Um, you'll have Iran soon, <laughs> like Flock of Seagulls. And uh, get it. Shut up. Um, Boo. Let me get, get it. Uh, I had to, Oh, did you listen to Joe Rogan at all this week? He had a really good guest the other day. Um, was he talking about the alien guy? Yeah, Brian Laser. Yeah. Um, so, Josh, you might like this one, too. He had this guy on. His name's Brian Laser. Um, and a guy that filmed the movie that he was in. And this guy worked on um, Area 51. But to the point where... He claims, and there is some validity to this, that the government went and erased his birth certificate. They erased his credentials coming from Harvard and different schools. Like, you can't find any records of it anymore that he ever worked there. And he claims that he worked on uh, a flying saucer, a UFO, and that they had nine of them. And that the one that they had was from, like, an archaeological dig that was, like, dated, like, 10,000 years old. Yeah, right. And he said the things they talked about, like, it, it, it was really cool because he's the one that um, brought up, um, what was it, uh... Element 151 yeah. that he claimed like 20 years ago and they only confirmed it like in 2003 that it's a real thing that they can't trace where it came from. But he talked about how this UFO that he worked on, they wanted him to cut into it to figure out what its power source was. And his analogy that he used that I thought was brilliant was imagine if we went back in time and we gave like a nuclear device to the Victorian era and they just decided let's figure out what this is. What would happen? So we're trying to cut into things and we have no idea how they work. But he said like when it's powered on, he can't even put his hand near to it because it it pushes its own gravity, which is probably how it flies. Now the question is, do you think it's real? Do you not? I got to watch a documentary he talked about because it's on Netflix. Yeah. And I, de- I love things about um, extraterrestrial activity. The idea is even, even the people that I know that like don't believe that like i know i know some flat earthers that yeah. space is fake and they're yeah. like we believe that they have better idea that this thing is real but that there was a previous civilization that may have been more advanced and there is some there is some research that shows that that is a very distinct possibility yeah, right. like the the egyptians we just assume that they were stones and things yeah. but we really don't know the way they constructed some of those things mm-hmm. so this interview and the things this guy has gone through in his personal life and he's not talking like little green aliens or slimer from aliens no, he's not talking and, about and one mars like attacks that. No, he didn't bring up anything about creatures. He openly said, like, I don't know anything about that. And the other reason I respect this guy and I'm willing to believe him is because he's never taken money. He donates everything to, like, a local science program at a school or something. And he's, like, very paranoid now because they kind of fucked his life up. And it's, it's a weird thing, man. Because I do believe that it's well, silly to believe. They also that just not addressed this there. week in Senate. They had to address what uh, a bunch of guys in a Navy ship saw. They said they saw what it was like a flying saucer, and the way it was moving didn't make any sense. And there's been more and more stuff about this, and they're releasing more and more. And there's plenty of rumors out there that we're going to hear some kind of like actual statement in the next 20, 30 years about life out there. I mean, I think you have to be pretty ignorant to not think that there's a possibility that some other life form, no matter how religious you are. Yeah. And that's that's one of my biggest problems I have with the overly religious. And I'm a, I'm a religious person to, you know, Same. a degree. I don't like talking about specifically how I go because then it's, you can get labeled in other things. Yes, for sure. But my biggest problem with the, the very hardcore religious people is that they think that the Bible is willing to give them all of God's mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. 
isn't they say God is mysterious? Don't you think there's a certain level of things he didn't tell us? That's if a, you do believe God is real, but that's also that's using your common sense. Is what you're well, doing. no, because it, uh, apparently using common sense is being demonic and satanic, right. which I, I don't agree with at all. I'm not ignorant enough to think that God wanted me to know everything here, and that he also, if in his infinite power and wisdom, probably created other lives. He he created everything in theory, and to think that. There's people that think dinosaurs never existed, that it was placed there to disprove God. I, That's yeah. the, the flat earth theory is based in anti-God things. They think that by proving that the sun, uh, earth revolves around the sun and that there's other planets, it's created by the church of Satan or, you know, Satanism to prove that God isn't real because science can back things up. God created science. Like it's yeah. a, it, it's it, you, everyone needs like an end uh, means to an end. And there's sometimes no end to a means. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, man. It's just like, I don't know why people just can't like just... Uh, well, my biggest problem with like the flat earth... Just look earth, at it. Like, my, it's, it's, it's proven. Science... Like, well, they, they say this is their argument. Well, no, it's not proven because you've never been to space. But other people have. Well, they're saying that they're actors and that it, they're just put there. They're like patsies. Uh, that's, that's the whole prevailing theory. And my, my whole point is, okay, so let's say when we're 67 years old, they actually say, you know what? The U.S. government lied to you. The, the Earth isn't uh, is indeed flat. And I would say, oh shit! All right, back to my day. Like, what difference is it going to make? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go back to like, living my life. The odds of us finding out more and more things about you got to think about the evolution of of time from going back to the ancient. There's actually a great "It's Always Sunny" episode where Mac is breaking down why evolution is bullshit, which is very funny. And he, they talk about the different scientists and uh, how originally. Uh, all the planets in the sun revolved around the earth, evolved around, or revolved around the earth, or rotated around the earth, and then that was proven to be bullshit. And he's like, "Dumb bitch!" He kept calling all these guys and the theory of gravity, how it changed, and how all these things changed throughout the years. And there's a good chance, a hundred, two hundred years from now, the theories we have now are going to be different than the theories then. I was to say, if you just look from the jump from the '70s to the 2000s, the monument, the monumental jump we've taken as a society, as far as technology and everything, yeah, else of course, like that, you have to take into consideration that if now we're at this stage, what is what is ten years going to look? Well, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking like flying cars, like this is Back to the Future or nothing. No, of course not. But it's more or less like you have you to have think to... that there's not going to be something different that changes the way we do things and view things. I mean, that has changed so much over the. I mean, to go from no electricity to electricity to nuclear power to things like that to discover all the things you could do with fossil fuels and shit like that, and to think that we're constantly evolving. I mean, we're the, that was a great conversation on the Rogan podcast, yeah. the Alien Guy, about how we're turning into these cyborgs based on the products we have from your app. Apple Watch to your iPhone and how everything is plugged in at all times. They know where you are at all times. They're listening. They could be listening to us right now. That is a proven thing. They probably are. They probably are. I mean, everything is heading towards where everything is going to be like an AI stimula stimulation, where it's almost like the Matrix. It's going to be like Wall. -E. I mean, there's plenty of theory. Elon Musk believes that theory that we're living a simulation now, which I think would be fucking cool. Yeah. But again, it would disprove uh, any religious beliefs. Or it again, we don't know what happens when you actually die. Yeah, no, it's, it's like it's, dead, it's, dead. If you say it's yeah. a simulation, you die here. Well, that Dead there. That was like when the kid. That was like when the kid died, came back, and then his parents wrote the book, and it turned out it was bullshit. Like heaven is for real, or whatever, like that. You remember? Heaven that shit? is a place on earth. Heaven is a place on earth. You know what song I was just thinking of? I don't know why. What? Okay, I want you to tell me what movie that's from. Okay. And if you know it, don't say the movie. Just start singing it with me. Okay. Your life is spinning out of control. It, okay, I gotta I wait now. I love. <laughs> it's so, is, place is this from Dirty Earth. Dancing or something? Right? No. Is it? I've seen Dirty Dancing. Isn't once. that the, Isn't that the song that he raises? What? What's I don't name think up so. To? 
No, I mean, I how many times have you seen Dirty Dancing? Once. Mm, never. I've seen it no, once, I'm, I'm and saying, I hated like, it. It's like the, it's like that iconic dance scene at the end. Swayze, you know I mean? Swayze, like it's great in point chick, break. chick flicks. The only one I like what? is Ghost. Ghost is awesome. Oh right. Yeah. I have no complaints in Ghost, and it, it was a prequel movie to his life now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Swayze. Uh, I love Point Break, and then I even like I like Red Dawn. Red Dawn's great, dude. Red Not Dawn. the remake. The remake is awful. The remake. I put it on, and there's just Koreans dropping out of the air, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, you it's bought great. the you bought the remake on Blu-ray, and then you gave it to yeah, me. Wait, and I remember the reason it. he bought it too, and he pissed me off. He goes, my man Josh Peck is in it. I'm like, what the fuck? No one is, no one, no one's man is Josh Peck. Josh from Drake and Josh. No one, okay, first off, yeah, I guess we missed the boat on Drake and Josh. We were too old at that point when it came on. I never watched it. I never saw no, it. No, because it was like... Because they came into all that, like, at our end of the run of all well, that, it, right? Well, yeah, no, it also turned, like, it, he stinks now. Because it turned into, like, oh, he's a Vine star, YouTube vlogger. Like, one of, like an influencer, pretty much. Like, Dude. That's what he, and it's just so lame. I hate that whole culture. But it's... It, Vine time, was yeah. funny for me. I love my Vine because it was just me throwing things at my sister. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, one time she's just sitting out eating breakfast, record her cuts back to me, then cuts back to her, then me with a pile of magazines in my hand, and just chuck them at her. My favorite Vine was Steli's Vine, because it was just... Which, which one? No, the, the no, one, the one that his, got me. His, his whole Vine account was basically just calling out Taylor for stuff he didn't do at work. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember he that. Got me, yeah, he got oh, me written up all the time. <laughs> the one with the fucking TVs. It didn't downstock TVs. <laughs> and then there was another one where he broke he broke a TV. Like, the, the yeah, TV yeah, was yeah. cracked or whatever, and, he, and he's like... Yeah, I uh, no, I can't say that. But he's uh, <laughs> banging on the TV and it broke it right in front of a customer. Nothing was like better that. than Growhow breaking the water, all the jug of water in the back, all <laughs> over was... all over Mule's speakers that he was buying. <laughs> that was awesome. Dude. There were some moments at Best Buy where I'm like, how do we not get fired? It was bad. Like the dumb shit we did. I was telling um, when we went to uh, when I went to Bob and Quaz the other day, we were talking about the concert tonight. And I was like, Troy's coming. And he, it caused, like, I like Troy. I'm like, yeah, Troy's a good dude. And I was like, I'll tell you how I initiated him to Best Buy. It was the first week he was there. I was like, all right, it's your turn to fuck with Colucci. <laughs> and I was like, here's his keys. Move it to Pier 1. <laughs> you know, so just explaining this. Best Buy is on the far end of the parking lot. Like, the v- furthest end you could go. Yeah. Pier 1 is at the beginning of the parking lot, where there is literally three store it's two stores in between them uh-huh. and a, a, a road to get to walmart behind there it's a solid it's not close 300 yards probably like three <laughs> two or three football fields at mm-hmm. least yeah it's far so then Clucci's like i'm gonna go on my lunch and then he walks out with his keys comes back in fucking red <laughs> fucking pissed he did and it to me too he's screaming and he wasn't mad at me because he can't be he can't. He might be tonight. And, uh, <laughs> that, dude, that was a whole thing for a while. Where like we we would just pick random people to move their cars to Pier One, and it happened to me too. Dude, no one yeah, did it to we, me. It was great. I, I, I was smart enough not to ever leave my keys anywhere. I knew better. I knew not to reap what I sow. <laughs> like I realized the stuff I did. I always put myself in a position where revenge is very difficult. Why was the listening to this song? Outside of ball taps, it's very difficult to get back at me. I I I, I get you a couple times. Well, I remember you tried getting at me once, and you accidentally got um the girl who popped up on. Oh, John Josh's Twitter, yeah. he I, I did something to him with his water bottle where I poked a hole in it, and then he went to drink it and poured it all over him. <laughs> he comes over, and I always I, I pick up like a can of the ninety nine cent Arizona, the best deal in beverage, awesome. and uh, he thought it was mine. So he this motherfucker took like uh, the the biggest screwdriver we had, or he, maybe my knife was there and you took it, yeah. and he cut a hole in it. Ga- yeah, that's right. Gary yelled at me because my knife was visible. He's like, keep it in the register, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I I don't know what happened, but it was me, uh, Colucci, this girl up there. And she, she takes her Arizona and drinks it. 
Josh, this hole was the size of a I fucking, remember. I was uh, there. Yeah, a quarter. And it just goes <laughs> all over her. And everyone blamed me, which is fair. <laughs> there, there were there were a couple times where I got damn back and it took a while for anyone to figure out it was me. Yeah, dude. And like, I think my favorite was when I, 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 I just, wrote his dude, number. And she got so embarrassed, she cried. Because it was yeah. in front of a customer, actually. <laughs> she was like ringing someone out. She goes to drink and it just goes. Dude. It was like the Arnold Palmer tape. Dude, it was like, <laughs> just the, like the sweetest, stickiest uh, one. Dude, it was like the first two weeks we were there for whatever reason and i just i like, we were talking and i'm like i don't fucking like this guy so i wrote your phone number on the bathroom stall in the yeah yeah track. i remember you, gary asked me if i did it. i was like why would i write my own number? <laughs> i probably would um that was like richie when he sent me um our middle school yearbook our seventh grade yearbook not that long ago and he he uh, my picture in it and he wrote fag underneath my name mm. and then the best part was he had a picture of the guy that took his girlfriend wrote cool guy <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how'd that work out for That's you, douche? Awesome. Um, I don't have much else. Do you want to do a last word? Then we're going to do a, a remodeling? Yeah. Oh, we're going to go to Paul's so. place first. Yeah. Let's yeah. be fair. Yeah, we need food. So I guess uh, I'll go first for the last word. Um, so it's no secret that fucking Slipknot, Slipknot has oh, a new sorry. album coming out in the next couple months. So I've been kind of been getting reacquainted because Slipknot comes and goes for me. Sure, sure. And it's, it's so long in between albums. And then when you listen to them, you love them again. Uh-huh, that's like, like we're tool. I won't listen to them for six months yeah. and then that's all I listen to. Like, System whatever, of a Down, like, same thing. I, I, Unsainted came up for whatever reason. I'm like, oh, yeah, this song's pretty sick. And I went back and I listened to the whole first record again. So oh. I, I just want to, and I watched a sick documentary actually, no pun intended, for the incomparable and for my for my money the most underrated guitar player of all time on Jim Root Jim Root oh, is one Jim of the Root's best incredible. fucking guitar players ever he was he was in Stone Sour before it was a thing he was in Slipknot before, he turned down Slipknot twice yep. before he even joined the band the original guitarist before Jim Root was Joey Jordison Joey Jordison then he went to play drums and then the Murder Dolls and then uh, now he's a, a pederast some, yeah. but yeah um Jim Root is one of the best guitar players ever, as far as from a lead That's perspective. A good hot take. And and him and Mick Thompson together in Slipknot just have this charisma on stage that I just I don't. It, it's weird to me. Like it's special when you watch a Slipknot show. Absolutely, and a it's lot an of experience, it, especially now because when they have their whole stage set up, is they have the two percussionists, um, the Wein- drummer Weinberg, Weinberg in the back, Sid Wilson, Craig Jones, who doesn't talk, and then you got the main four guys up front, which is your two guitar players, your bass player, and Corey. Yeah, Corey's just over overwhelming presence on stage but when you look at everyone how big these guys stand over Dude, them like jim jim is uh, no, six mick, four and uh, mick is six ten he's not that tall no sorry, no six seven he's taller yeah, than he's, tim he's sylvia big, there's a picture yeah. of him tim sylvia and he's, he's taller than tim sylvia was six seven he's, he's like six eight six nine yo he's playing these little ibanez guitars and they look so small in his hands and it's the weirdest the, then you thing. watch like Corey's presence but the most presence on stage is sid and sean well sid's sean, jumping around and dancing. sean is crazy up there with the fucking baseball bat and yeah, the fucking kegs it, it's watching, absolutely such watch, an experience i was watching an old uh uh live show of them and he just he just takes the keg and just throws it across the stage dude i got puke on by him when he sniffed his fucking dead crow he kept in a jar. I Dude, got puked on him and I was like, all right. The, the the thing that's been happening, I've been seeing on uh, online a lot, like when I because I'm I'm still off Twitter, which is yeah. awesome. Is that now because uh, the when they kicked Chris uh, the other Chris Fenn Chris Fenn out. 
they added another member. We still don't know who yeah, it is. Yeah, which I think is cool. They didn't want to even tell us who the new drummer and uh, bass player were after Paul died and uh, Joey left the and band. And Joey left. Yeah. yeah. So, and the other thing, too, you see Clown just from across, just whipping stuff at this Dude, I, you sent me kidding. a video yesterday with, like, Corey Taylor funny moments. You got to watch some of the Slipknot funny moments. Dude. When Sean is just fucking with people. One of my favorites ever, and re- rest his soul, Paul Gray, it's him and Root playing Patty Cake. Yeah, dude. And behind, behind they backstage. Have so, like, the thing, and I, I've said this with movies and certain bands, when you give me albums they have fun like they enjoy each other and you know it's hard to do that and to keep that many guys together obviously some guys have left but then these other guys come in and it it sounds different it sounds better and it still sounds the same in a lot of ways those Corey Taylor funny moments he has one that just because he has such a powerful voice he's sitting in the van did you ever just happen to him with singing not not yet but but he's, he's sitting in the van and he's doing this interview and he's just like hey hey Fuck! Like <laughs> that's all. He, or like he's or sitting there ordering. He's ordering something off a menu, and he's like, "Get get it on a sucking plate, and then I, I, pu- pull a fader I, back and full metal jerk I, me I, off." I, like I need I need, to, I need to pull things. a different reference where he just says "fuck." When I was watching, we and uh, the landlord watched Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist probably for the first time in fifteen years yesterday. I don't even think it's been out that long, but whatever. No, it hasn't. So in the band, Michael Sarah in the movie, Michael Sarah's in a band that's like two gay dudes. And uh, they come up with all these different names, like uh, the jerk offs, the fistful assholes, and then Jay Baruchel meets up with them. He's like, "You guys are in that gay band. Um, we're gay." <laughs> I fucking <laughs> lost it. So what happened to Corey Taylor yeah, recently? He was trying to drop his octaves, or actually raise his octaves, singing, yeah. and he ruptured a testicle doing it. Oh, <laughs> you could do that because the Corey's way you're singing, crazy. it's coming from your your di- diaphragm, yeah. and he fucked up. Dude, Corey's and, crazy. Yeah, man. I'm excited to go see Dude. them again this summer. I got to you know set up those tickets it, soon. You know what's messed up? I actually just realized this. I can't go to the show. I'm going to a bachelor party on the 30th. No, you're not. No, I am. No, you're I'm, not. I'm going to be in Boston on the 30th. No, you're it, not. It makes me really unhappy. Okay, who's I bachelor party? Tyler's. Okay. Which I'm, let's I'm, I'm, say, I'm in the let, wedding. Let's say hypothetically here. He's dead. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, no, no. Like, I'll kill him. Okay. What, just for me to go see Slipknot? I didn't say that. There's no motive that you know of, but he's dead. Okay. What if he gets syphilis? I'm still going to go to Boston for the bachelor But what party. if he's dead? I'll probably still go to Boston. What if... Okay, I got a better one. I got a better one. Okay. Which of our friends is single? Uh, Colucci. Okay. Colucci's going to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. Wedding's broken up. Colucci loses his virginity. Oh, my God. Why is it tied perfectly? All right, well, Josh is coming to Slipknot anyway, so. But anyway, yeah, so my hot take is, or last word is that Jim Root is one of the best guitar players ever walked this planet, and he's not appreciated enough, I agree. Opinion. Josh? A couple weeks ago, we were talking about uh, great shows, and most of the great shows sure. are HBO shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of uproar, you know, a couple months ago with Game of Thrones. Yes, and, uh, oh, I know where you're you know, going. The, uh, the petition, you know, HBO's done, they're never going to have another good show. Dan, I know you didn't like it. I did. Okay, go on, and I'll tell you, I didn't say I didn't like it, so um, I'll go into that. But I want to say that I watched Euphoria, and, um, you know, what I took away from it is just the, the way that the show is written, the way that the cinematography is done mixed in with the music i wouldn't really call it a score because they use a lot of no it's definitely not a score the way it's composed yeah the, you know they use like the the, the theme song was a uh, is part arranged, of the arranged song. Is the right word. the way it's arranged yeah. yeah the way the music is arranged it just it flows so well it's gritty the music it's fits raw. the scenes and the scene um the editing specifically yeah and uh i was blown away uh okay by how good it and was and this is euphoria together. which just debuted this past week starring um someone that's way too young to be known by one name and it annoys me zendaya <laughs> is that how it's pronounced zendaya sure. she's some very, people she's... say Zend- zendaya some people say 
Zendaya. Well, so. she's Mary Jane in the Spider-Man movies now. Um, so I watched Euphoria this past week with the landlord. Um, I won't. I don't want to say I disliked it because it's very well made. Uh, as you said, with the editing, the music, um, it, it takes risks, which we had that discussion with Jack Posobiec last week, that not many shows take risks. And I have no issues with the risks at all. I think that they're um, they're kind of necessary because the, the topic it's talking about is something that we are kind of disconnected from, not having been in high school in over 10 years. Mm-hmm. And the, to talk about the the synthetic party drugs that are more and more relevant than ever um when we like were just leaving high school that's when molly started becoming more common and things like that and to show a girl at that age most of the people i know at that age that went to rehab were still using when they got out or even when they were in rehab and to do those kind of things was cool um i can tell you one direction they're gonna go and this is gonna be controversial but the blonde in the movie the the friend Mm -hmm. you think she's cute she's a tranny She's a man, she was born a man woman now, right? Yeah. Is that how it was? Mm-hmm. And that they're definitely going to make that a storyline because yeah. they. Sh- I was wondering what she was shooting into. At first, I'm like, yeah, this girl's pretty cute. Got it. Um, and she's a good looking girl. Um, whatever you want to call them, if you have an issue calling them whatever they identify as now, you're just get over your fucking self. Um, that's a good risk to take in today's society. I just didn't feel encompassed or captured by it necessarily. It, that the one girl had some big old titties. Uh, you know who I'm talking about <laughs> uh, too. Yep. She was she um, and there was a lot of man dick, which I respect as well. Not that I want to see it, but no, it, honestly, I, I I respect that because <laughs> no, just not the way you phrase it. Is and funny. it's also not like flaccid man dick. It was hard man dick, and not many shows do that. But it's also teetering into the statutory rape storylines, which are very relevant, especially in today's social media um, dating app climate, which happens all the time, where people they catfish you and then you're some older guy. Um, I'm gonna keep writing it out. Because a recent HBO show that I didn't love on the first episode and I ended up loving by the time it was over was uh, Sharp Objects. Um, I didn't like the first. I didn't dislike the first episode. I saw where it was going, but it was so heavy. There's three dead kids in the first episode. I was like, dude, this was a heavy first episode. Yeah. And I think it's only going to get heavier because they've specifically said this show is going to trigger people. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the kind of person if I get triggered where I'm like, I'm not watching that. It, it's that that I, I I'm not going to like have outrage about it if I don't like the show. I don't like the show. I'm intrigued enough where I'm going to try and ride it out. I don't want to just shut something out because I wasn't that into the first episode because I understand world building and story building and I do think this show if it keeps continuing to take risks and as long as it doesn't start just taking risks to take them you know what I mean yeah. it's going to do very very well because it's going to connect with um, people that are teachers in a lot of ways because they're teaching kids that are this age probably hearing rumors about this right. it's going to connect with people this age it's going to connect with parents and you know you could talk about it being like you know kind of amped up which it probably is I we've been to a million parties in our lives I've never been to a house party like you saw on Euphoria or any movie or show for that matter you gotta watch the show. It, it's definitely different it stands out to me about because it is really it looks like it's gonna be a coming of age story uh, in the the vein of the, the I was just talking about this movie with the landlord this morning kids from the 90s with yeah. Rosario Dawson which is one of the most controversial uh, movies of all time okay. and I, I can appreciate that I think it takes a lot of artistic integrity and again risk taking which is what I was just complaining about so I'd be stupid to stop after one episode when this episode absolutely took risks this past week I laughed my ass off at one part it took me I had like a three second delay on it when the, the bigger girl was in the room with the two um, black twins and the guy and they're trying to like 
see if how much of a, a slut she is, a prude. And then the one guy goes, fat girls give the best head right to her. I fucking lost it. I fucking lost it. But I mean, just the things that they were going into from the show and the, um, the, the fappening type things where they had the pictures of the girl that got leaked out. There yep. was a website that we knew about, uh, Anon, that just got shut down because they were posting pictures of girls mm-hmm. from local towns. It's real. So I'm interested to see. And I'm, I'm definitely willing to give it a chance. And But everything you said was absolutely valid. The construction of the show was incredibly well done. The acting was good. Um, I kind of like how they just dove into it. And again, another thing, I'm, I keep going on things it did, and it sounds like I love the show saying this, yeah. the post-9-11 children, because it was it is a different world, yeah. post-9-11. Yeah. We grew up with it. They grew up in it. The yeah, fact that they opened with that, that yeah, and, it, and they showed the planes, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, um, it's trippy, so uh, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot. And I think you should probably give it a shot too, because yeah. if it's something that we end up liking, and I think some people are going to be like, "Oh, it's a social justice warrior show," call it whatever the fuck you want. But it's not though. But they're, I didn't no, get that feeling say, at all. They're going to say because of the tranny angle, that or yeah. tra- transgender angle. I don't. Uh, tranny is offensive, so whatever. Um, but it, you can get offended by it all you want. This is the world you live in. You don't have to like it. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to complain about it. Exactly. Pretty simple. You just don't right. have to watch it. Man. I have two um, last words that kind of tie into each other. They're both related to baseball. Uh, first and foremost, the Tampa Bay Rays got permission from MLB to explore splitting their season home games between Tampa and Montreal. Uh, I have a bit of a problem. I have a major problem with that. You want to know what my major problem is? Uh-huh. That they're going to stay in Tampa at all. Yeah. Bring back the Expos. Bring back the well, Expos. My, my my is more of like a logistics thing. So like as far as pay, like so technically are are they? You have to move twice. Your th- family. That's what I'm saying. Your so, tax brackets are going to be different, and Canadian taxes suck. So what? Th- that's my whole. I mean, granted, like they have universal health. Sure. There's, there's other things that associate sure. with that. But my whole thing is, so you're going to have to uproot your family halfway through a yes. already tremendous season. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to pay different money, a different currency, Correct. a completely different culture. I mean, there's, you know, whatever. But what my whole point is, so why, this seems just straight up like a money grab. I mean, if they were moving to Montreal, that's one thing. But the fact that you're playing are we or aren't we well, it's is definitely, the thing I don't like. It's definitely a money grab because they don't make any money in Tampa because no one goes to games. They play in the dog shit park. The taxpayers won't they, approve a new stadium because they don't want to go. Amazing. Only yeah. time that place is full is when the Yankees are in town. And even, all they the, couldn't even sell out yeah, during the World all the Series. That when fucking, they, uh, well, all, 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 all the retired people from New York and Jersey that are still Yankee fans that live down in that yeah. retirement home of a state. I would much rather have the Expos back because that was a historic franchise. Uh, I, I really wish that that was the case. And I, I think... Uh, I believe their lease in St. Pete, they don't even play in Tampa, they play in St. Petersburg, um, is through 2027. And this might be a quicker way to break the lease. I've said for a while that within the next decade that the Expos will be back. And I'll love it especially because now the Nationals will have no team history because they are technically the Expos and they try to say, oh, the all-time leader is uh, so-and-so. Motherfucker. Vlad Guerrero was not a Washington National. Never was. Get out of here. Um, I I just think it's stupid, man. Like, the the idea of teams splitting home games does not make sense to me. And what are the team they going to be? The Montreal Rays? No. The the Tampa Bay Expos? Like, it's just... What's an Expo, anyway? I have no idea, but it's it's in Montreal, and that's where it should stay. Yeah, and a couple years ago, they did a a spring training game in the stadium where the Expos played, and it was fucking great, man. The fans loved it. Much better quality class of fans than Toronto. Now I was going to. Toronto s- fans are garbage. Now I was I was going to ask. Now is it well, especially the baseball fans? But I was going to say my big thing is that are they doing this because they're trying to get more you know exposure in Canada? Because look what the Raptors just well, did. Well, it's I think one way or the other. 
there's going to be no team in Tampa within the next decade. Now, the question is, there, there's three cities rumored, Montreal, okay, Oregon, like Portland, Portland okay, and Vegas. Now, I, Vegas is going to be very difficult because you're going to have the same problem you do in Colorado where no one can pitch there also, because it's just a haven for home runs and fly ha- balls. You're going to have, I wouldn't even say, the money issue is not the problem. It's just like, wait, where are you going to well, put the stadium it, it there? Depa- if the Raiders have like immediately financial success, what well, they're sure, expecting, they're go- they're going MLB to. is going to push hard to do that. Now, my biggest thing is I would love for another um, National or American League team to come in because I am tired of of interleague play every day. Mm-hmm. When the Astros moved to the AL, the way the schedules balance out, you now had to have an interleague game every day. Remember it used to be? It was like from the beginning of June till the middle of July where interleague happened. Now there's an interleague game every single day and it ruins the luster of the All-Star game and the World Series because it's happening regularly. It should just be a two-month block. Put one in, make it unbalanced so that it's just that block because interleague play used to feel special. I never loved it because I thought it was stupid, but... It could feel more special again. Now it happens every day. Who gives a shit that the fucking White Sox are playing the Rockies? Who cares that the Padres are playing the Twins? That's not juicy. No one gives a shit. Like it, it's, it's good for betting, though. I'll tell you what. Yeah. All right. That's the only thing. Before you go any further, let me ask you a serious question, baseball related. So, what are your thoughts? Yes. This is not a particular day. I I approve. No, you don't. Oh. What? What? I already know. But what are your thoughts on Aaron Judge making the All Star team? No. What? For what? Did but he no, really? No. Yeah, he did. Wait, they didn't announce it yet. The voting ended today. I'm almost positive because some, someone he might said, be leading the so, vote. Someone, someone sent me a thing the other day saying that Aaron Judge no, cause made the, the All Star team. Let me see because they don't officially announce because it also goes into account for uh, All Star voting MLB. Let's see. Because I, because like I said, someone sent me a thing where I was like, oh, can you believe Aaron Judge? I'm like, how is that even possible? I didn't play. No, the the All Star voting hasn't ended yet. Um. The finalists are there. Bryce Harper didn't make it. Okay. <laughs> um, nor should he. Um, today's well, the election day, so it'll come well, out today. I, I guess, so my whole thing is uh, more than likely than he's... Oh, leading. he made it as a finalist, I guess, is what happened. Well, okay, so even getting that far, okay? Yeah, because must, must the finalists happened and the coaches and players right. pick. So just for example, in the National League, Pete Alonso didn't even make the finalists, which, which is, is fucking stupid. Yes. Um, they have to take a representative from each team, and both Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil should make it. Yep. Uh, Jeff McNeil did not make it as an outfielder because, unfortunately, he plays a position that is at a... Like, these guys, I'm going to name them, and all of them are power hitters. Like, that was Jason Hayward here over him, but Bellinger, Yelich, Acuna, Marcakis, Blackman, Almora, Hayward, well, Schwarber, well, so, Peterson. So out of the, the the first five people that you even said, I have really have no problem with. Yeah, really. Aaron Judge is a finalist in the American but, League. Uh, he's not going to make it. And but like I'm not even. But he, the fact that he's even a finalist kind of well, that's bums because, me in, out. The because fan, all, in the fan voting, New York, Boston, uh, Chicago, well, and Los yeah. Angeles always well, lead. Th- that I understand, but it's like. From what I understand, that the All Star Game has actual playoff impl- not implications. Not anymore. No, not anymore. They oh, stopped that. Anymore? And it should have never been the World Series or the whole All Star. Uh, the All Star Game determined home field. That I, was so that, fucking dumb. That was a thing. Well, I hated that. I hated that with a passion, especially because they, when they made that rule that every team has to have a representative. Mm. No. I'm sorry, a team that is like the Marlins and uh, the Royals should not have a representative at the All-Star Game unless they're having an individually historic season. That's right. The vo- like, you got to put, this team sucks, but we're going to put their best relief pitcher. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, that is and I agree that there should be a representative of the home team, yeah. 100%, but just every team, I, I hate that idea. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, ju- there's no way judges making the All-Star Game. They're not going to, that's why they have finalists, and then okay. the managers get to pick players, so okay, I'm, because I'm confident I, I, 
both Alonzo. I think Alonzo, Degrom, probably Diaz, based on reputation, and probably McNeil will get picked. Okay, and they I do the fi- so. the final vote, which is all fan driven. Uh, that'll happen. But um, my other take. Uh, the Mets this week made a, a management change, and they fired their pitching coach and bullpen coach, pitching coach Dave Island, and um, the, the bullpen coach who no one remembers the name of. And uh, usually when you fire a coach, you're trying to get more innovative, different. You hire someone young, you know, energetic. Sean McVay. What, what did the Mets do? Nothing. No, they brought it. They got a new pitching coach. Oh, they did. I didn't even yeah, know he's he eighty-two years old. Oh, okay, good. And uh, actually, I'll tell you, so he's, he's, so he's, he could tell me how Cy this, Young pitched. Well, listen to this. He, when he first came, he actually pitched on the Dodgers with Don Drosdale and Sandy Koufax. Jesus, Christ. he was actually a very good pitcher in his own right. His first manager he ever had in professional baseball was born in eighteen ninety-two. Love it. Which means that guy was alive when Lincoln got assassinated. <laughs> his parents were. Yeah, so going back that far, so. Um, this guy has a ton of energy. He's actually been our um, single A and double A pitching uh, guru or right. overseer and scout. And like when you hear him in interviews, he's got a ton of energy. He he doesn't he comes off like like come like Tom Coughlin was always the oldest, but he talked like a young man. Yeah. And he already changed something in the way Diaz has his delivery. And Diaz looked electric yesterday, best he's looked in months. And uh, he doesn't he uses the analytics, but he's still an old notebook guy. But this this was the best joke I heard. Someone called into uh, Boomer and Geo. And they go, uh, you know, Mets fans have been asking for a statue all this time. Well, they got one in the dugout now. <laughs> I'm like, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but the Mets, they just can, they hired a pitching strategist. And I, my line was, I can do that. Don't suck out there, dude. Like Windy City, <laughs> don't suck, dude. <laughs> like, I'm like, what does that mean? And I'm assuming it's like an analytic thing. And Dave Island was not embracing them. The biggest thing I didn't get with Dave Island this year, last year the Mets pitched inside more than any team in baseball. They hit more batters than any team, which I'm fine with. And then this year, they're pitching less inside than anyone else. And that's where you have a guy that's 6'7", like Noah Syndergaard. You got these big dudes, these overpowering hitters. You should be pitching inside, especially in a generation where the ball's flying more than ever. So I, I just, the Mets continue to go backwards, but usually when you start making management changes on the lower end, it usually means if there's not significant changes in the next two months, that means the manager will get fired himself. And the Mets are going to be dumb enough to wait out that hoping Joe Madden doesn't resign with the Cubs. Joe Madden is a lame duck coach with the Cubs, and I do not think they're going to resign him because this is how Joe Madden works. They're going to try getting him. They're going to miss out. And because they're waiting on him, they're going to miss out on Girardi, and they're going to hire someone named like Ricky Velez, who no one's ever heard of, Brian to be the Flores. manager. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. This was uh, episode 58 of You Watch, I Listen. Uh, we're going to a concert tonight. Very excited. Maybe we'll jump on, before the band starts, jump on Facebook or Twitter Live. Yeah, might as well. Do some bullshit. Um, thank you again. Oh, shit. What? Before we log off, let's give a shout out to our other friends. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> Scumbags. Sorry, um, guys. You Watch, I Listen has been brought to you by, first and foremost, Blue Chew, Bet DSI, and the people you heard our wonderful song at the beginning of, and I feel like such a dick for forgetting this. Josh, sorry. your new responsibility is remember this. Okay. Okay? <laughs> yeah. That's your new responsibility. Okay? Uh, are you thinking about advertising? If you are, you should be calling Lobo Sound. If you need a website for your new company, you should be calling Lobo Sound. Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish have made Lobo Sound a, a fixture in the Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound isn't limited to Chicago, Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, California. Wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to 
reach when you want to reach them on all devices and applications. For more information, call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. Again, that is 630-244-9704. Visit them at www.lobosound.com. Again, that is www.lobosound.com. If you mention you watch, I listen, you will get a 10% discount. So visit lobosound.com or call them at 630-244-9704. You guys aren't at the beginning of the show. You're not in the middle of it. You're at the end of it. And some people just jump to the end anyway. So congrats. <laughs> we, did, we did you a favor. Okay. So and guess our, one of our favorite podcasts to listen to. We love them. Please listen to them. Taylor, take it away. Yeah. So guess what, bros and broads? Fudge and Finn's hashtag Shots Flex podcast forgotten. is bringing video <laughs> into the mix. Not only can you Can we just say they brought video into the mix now? They didn't bring it. They're done, they didn't bring it. They didn't bring it. They're done bringing it. Not only can you continue to listen on iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher, you will now be able to watch them stream their episodes every Saturday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Your favorite booze-consuming podcast will be discussing sports, video games, and embarrassing drunken stories, streaming on Twitch, YouTube, and Mixer. Go to these leaks and go to twitch.tv slash shotsforlakespodcast, mixer.com slash shotsforlakes. Shut the fuck up. Sorry. And go to shotsflakespodcast.com. caps. <laughs> okay. And click on the YouTube icon to w- watch their videos on YouTube. And as always, drink with us and don't be a cunt. And again, we're, we apologize Sorry. for both logo. What's happening? Oh, just keep talking. It's okay. I, I, I know what's happening right now. Oh! Yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. <laughs> My John, we, oh. This shit is the mad note, son. <laughs> All right, this was You Watch, I Listen, episode 58. Oh. We're going to take you out with some more today. And the, the motherfucking, motherfucking time. I think I want to know you. Who doesn't love this song? Seriously. Yeah, dude. Wait, well. Jerome! Shut up. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. Alright, I'm done. Alright, we're done. Peace.